Comadres y Comics, a podcast hosted by three Latina women who focus on Latinx presence in the comic book industry with a special focus on strong female characters and creators. All right, guys, welcome to Comadres y Comics, episode number 26. We are your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Hey, guys, welcome back. Yay! So... Initially, we did not mean to take any time off during the holiday season. Yeah. We were going to power through and record, but then our mixer took a crap, and then we got a new one, but then we just we, we still couldn't get it together according to schedule, so we just mm-hmm. decided to take just the holiday break. Yeah. So we're back, guys. Sorry about that. We should have said something, but... It was totally not planned. Yeah, yeah. it was not planned, <laughs> but, we're, but we're back. <laughs> yes, but we're back, and that's what's important. So, how are you guys doing? What What was the holiday like for you? What's going on? I'm glad the holidays are over. The holidays mm-hmm. are all super, always super busy for me. This particular holiday uh, contributing to me not trying, this is Kristen, to me having a hard time finding uh, time to meet up with uh, you guys is uh, that my mother obviously unplanned uh, came to visit for Christmas that was not the unplanned part the unplanned part was that she um, (laughs) the second day she was here was hauled away in an ambulance Uh, she's okay Uh, it was uh, nothing life threatening she had a really bad reaction to some antibiotics she was taking but at the time we didn't know that that's what was happening so she was here for uh, a week and four of those days she spent in uh, (laughs) in the hospital so, uh, and then after that, Happy holidays. yeah, after that, I got super sick, and so, yeah, that, but, I mean, we made the best of it, and it, well, we had a great holiday, nonetheless, so. Yeah. Cool, well, it's 2018, it still doesn't feel like 2018, and like, you know, all these things were like, let's time is a lie, reality uh, is You fake. know what? Give it up. <laughs> this whole week, I feel like I've lived, like, six months already in this week. Like uh-huh. it feels like 2018 plus some to me, and I I shared something on Facebook. I think you guys saw that. I'm just like this first month is just like a trial. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I I've decided to not start my 2018 until February 1st. <laughs> it's a good policy to have because I have just today at work I have single handedly had to stop myself from killing. Uh, at least three customers. <laughs> wow. It's, 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 Kristen was there for one of them. Yes. Just like, I was not going to stop her. <laughs> she would wow. not have stopped me. I was about to reach over the counter and drag that man. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but, but, yeah, with January the trial, the entire, my, my holidays were all right. They were classic Latino holidays, you yeah. know. I, the women cook. The the men get drunk. I steal some money. Somebody. I like it. It was just like it's yeah, typical holidays. I'm kind of used to them by now. Mm. I made some bomb ass lasagna though. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Nice. So and, uh, that's a typical Italian. <laughs> <laughs> and close enough. <laughs> nice. But uh, yeah, my mom made tamales, so there's that. I just wanted something different. And also, my mom was made tamales only after she came back from working and delivering tamales to uh-huh. all the people who had ordered. So we needed something in between and something that was relatively easy yeah. to make. So um, um, it was meatloaf. New Year's was lasagna. Mm. Yeah. So 
So, ta-da. There's nothing very exciting. I did get sick. Ooh. Yeah, I got sick. I, I hardly ever get sick. There mm-hmm. was that one time, I guess, like, uh, I recorded while I was sick. Oh, yeah. And my hand was pretty much yeah. on the table throughout uh-huh. the entire thing. <laughs> but this was, it wasn't that it was a brief sickness, but I was just, like, majorly sick for one day, and then I was slowly recovering throughout the, I'm still kind of recovering. I just, I just can't hear out of one ear. <laughs> oh, my. That's, that's, that sucks. Um, I hear that the season is going to be really bad this year. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. And it's just starting according to... Oh, didn't they just release a report that, like, 15 people have died yes, from the flu? Yes, flu. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, my God, just get the fucking flu shot. Oh, my God. Like, I'm one of those people who don't get it, so... Yeah, I don't get it either. I don't have any yep. friends. But in my defense, we are not within the demographic that is high risk. Oh, True. good. Good, good, good. I'm happy to hear that. And I mean, the the flu shot itself is pretty cheap, like at a Walgreens. Yeah, it's like twenty five bucks or something. Some I see signs all the time for free shots. Yeah, for you like flu shots and stuff like that. Mm. You just have to. My friend actually was in the hospital a couple of. It's been a month, couple of months now, and we were joking and laughing because every single person, from the doctor to the nurse to the phlebotomist to the person who was bringing her red Jello. To her after her dinner was pushing the freaking flu shot like it was, and she was like, "Is this like some kind of cult or something?" <laughs> like she felt so uncomfortable be- at how aggressively they were trying to push it on yeah. her. And yeah, and as a matter of fact, in uh, well, healthcare facilities like um, like hospitals and so forth, it's not an option. If you're an employee, you have to have it. Yeah. yeah. Well, that makes sense to me. If you work with kids, you have to have it. Yeah. You mm-hmm. have to have flu shot and stuff like that. And even then, like I I I got mine like a couple weeks ago. And then I got violently sick. But <laughs> I wasn't. On the plus side, I wasn't sick for longer. So it, it's in effect. You know how that works? <laughs> like, dang. <laughs> nice. But I'm, um, but because I'm just, I'm just used to it. And I, I forked over the 20 bucks and stuff like that. Because it's, it's the flu shot. Do you have dragon earrings on? No, they're, um, uh, quetzales. What's that? Um, uh, the, ne- the feathered serpent? No, uh, that's a Quetzalcoatl. No, this is the Quetzal bird, the national bird of Guatemala. Oh, oh, that's, right. oh that's yeah. very nice. Oh, those are cool. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, where my dad lives, he lives very close to the like. <laughs> like the jungle, uh-huh. <laughs> and so that's literally the only that's literally the only way I can see it is the jungle. And so when I was at his house, every once in a while you would see one of these. Uh-huh. And they're kind of hard to find. Interesting. So like, but like to spot, and it's just like you usually have to get deep into the jungle or something like that. But I saw a few of them. This is beautiful. Oh, it's really nice. I yeah. really like that a lot. I bought it in Guatemala a couple years ago. Oh, uh-huh. they're very nice. They're very nice. I want something cutesy like that to represent <laughs> my culture and heritage. <laughs> yeah. Hint, hint. Yeah. Hint, hint. You're going to see me with a beer can. Thank you. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they make tecate ears. <laughs> what? what? You, don't, you, you don't know about me if you think I'll be wearing tecate earrings. Fine, modelo. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Is, is there a classy Mexican beer that I am not aware of that exists? <laughs> That's the point. I did not... Sorry, I don't drink Mexican <laughs> beer. <laughs> Makes sense. But anyways, what was I saying? Uh, 
We Sorry I interrupted <laughs> you. That you were sick and then you weren't sick and, and you took sick. a shot. <laughs> shot. Yeah. How did we divert you <laughs> I, know. I don't know, but Sarah, how was your holidays? Yeah. Um, they were really good. We uh, we get together and we play video games. Uh, video games. I'm sorry. No, we play games until midnight. Uh, oh, so there's do like you open presents at midnight? midnight? Um, we go to my aunt's house, so we do like a white elephant, mm-hmm. and so we play that game. So yeah, consecutively throughout the night, we we um, open presents and stuff. But it's really a lot of fun. It gets really competitive. Um, we she has this ball that. She wraps presents. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! The big cellophane game. Yeah, that's Uh a lot. And the next person's rolling the dice. Yeah, that looks like fun. Yeah. So this next, she's already planning for next year. How big is the ball? It's um, uh, the size of a steering wheel. Okay. Yeah. So um, so that was a lot of fun. I actually got a McDonald's gift card. And um, oh, from nice. rolling out the, and then I think two uh, lottery tickets. So it was a lot of fun. That's cool. And then we had a, a contest, a, a Christmas hat contest. So we were encouraged to make our own Christmas hat, mm-hmm. themed hat, and then take it. And then my cousin has one of those mini um, Polaroid cameras. So we all took pictures of, of all of us wearing our hats and numbered it. And then throughout the night, you can vote. Oh. So, um,. I actually won first place. So Ooh. Very excited. What was the theme of your hat? My hat was the Ghost of Christmas Present, the oh. wreath with the candles. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I made my candles out of, um, I saved my uh, toilet paper yeah, yeah, yeah. rolls. <laughs> and then I used those little uh, tea lights that. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, oh, that's a great idea. And so, I, and then I painted it, and then I melted. Uh, uh, you know, like a glue gun, yes. but it looked like wax, wax. and uh-huh. then I painted them white, and then, so it looked really cool. Jeez, you had a lot of effort, you deserve to win. And my husband won second place, and I made his hat. It was a giant, <laughs> it was a giant present, so he had a big box on his head um, with uh, this humongous bow and stuff. It looked really nice. I put some holly leaves and stuff. I on. already have an idea for a hat. <laughs> <laughs> It's um, NSFW, so I'm <laughs> <laughs> as I want to be. <laughs> so that that was a lot of fun. And then on New Year's, we decided not to uh, go out. And uh-huh. so um, I've had my Christmas tree in the backyard for a year. So, like, um, you know, we have a Christmas tree, and then I put it in the backyard, and then it, it dries out. And then we cut it for firewood. So... The new tradition is burning the last year's Christmas tree oh. every New Year. So that's like our new tradition now. We're going to yeah. get a bottle of champagne and then just wait. Besides, we live in Combs, so we have fireworks. Yes. We yeah. have gunshots. Yes. And so we what's have... A, a, what's a bonfire? Like, <laughs> just like it's perfectly fine. For yeah. And, you know, we already have the background noise happening. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. like, so it becomes very festive. It was just three of us, my husband, my brother, and myself. Uh-huh. His mm-hmm. girlfriend had to work. She was working at Disneyland. So oh. um, so she wasn't around, but mm. I said, "Hey, do you want to join us? We're gonna we're gonna have a bonfire." So you know, we were watching TV and then we were kind of waiting for a perfect time to go outside. And then we were there for two hours, and then we just went to sleep. Yeah, so it was pretty good. Well, That's your New Year's cool. story reminds me of my awesome New Year's that I had going to go see Third Eye Blind for the first oh, time live. Wow. Yes. Oh my God, it was oh, so amazing! God. I loved it. I next, I loved it so much that I 
<laughs> I went home and I immediately tried to search when they were going to be in concert again and found out that they were going to be in concert the next night in San Diego <laughs> and actually looked to see if there were any tickets available because I was like, Eddie, we're driving to San Diego so we can go again. <laughs> oh my gosh, they were so good. They are my favorite 90s band and uh, they were everything I wanted them to be. That's awesome. <laughs> that's, that's great. I'm glad that they, <laughs> they have a countdown and everything? Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, how in awesome. the yeah, at, uh, in the middle of his song, he stopped. And actually, I was recording that song, and so I got it on um, on video. But he stopped and he counted down, and then he made like this huge speech about like loving each other and like. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who may not know, Third Eye Blind was um, invited to sing. I think it was at. Um, a campaign, um, a campaign party that Trump had, and uh. they went and they sung all of their songs that are like, um, like Jumper is about um, a personal friend of his that I don't know if uh, if he committed suicide or tried to commit suicide because uh, he had like some inner turmoil stuff. Um, he was because he was um, gay, and so like there's a lot of stuff that was going on, uh-huh. um, and so he actually talked about the story that led up to the writing of the song and like every single song they uh-huh. did that they they would talk about like social justice uh, to the point that the people actually started booing them and, <laughs> and so like ever since hearing that story I was like they are like they're I don't know what's more than my favorite band but they're more than that that like they totally not just being uh, super talented in songwriting and uh, singing and everything and playing uh, musically, but also my favorite band just for uh, doing that uh, on Trump's campaign uh, trail. Excellent. (laughs) That's a good story. That's really cool. Uh, I didn't know that about them, so it's cool. Excellent, guys. So um, guess what, everybody? Uh, we have an iTunes Yay! review. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Get that applause. <laughs> After so long. I know we've been asking for you guys to, and you know what? And I'm mad now. <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> We've been asking, we've been begging. Not even my freaking husband has gone on there to do a review. Like, or yours, Sarah. Or my cousin. Yes. Like, (laughs) oh my God. Like, isn't that some kind of mandate? Like, isn't it in the paperwork? I'm mad now. I'm going to go home. (laughs) I'm going to walk in and he's going to be like, hi. He calls me Sweet Tea. And he's going to say, hi, Sweet Tea, Tom. I'll be like, I'm mad at you. <laughs> okay. Now, you know, this, this review was in October. Yes. <laughs> so It's our bad. Sorry about that. <laughs> but you see, we had already lost hope, so we weren't even talking anymore. Yeah, exactly. I agree with you on that one. I was as surprised as you are, but isn't there a thing where, like, you submit your review and then it goes... It has to be approved or something. Yes, Yes, you're right. So I'm thinking maybe it was a month before the year appeared, (laughs) so by that time we had lost all hope. (laughs) Yes. So it was posted um, October 25th, 2017 by, by Buddy Blue, and it says, 
That translates to uh, three conchas, the uh, campechampurado, and uh, a side of, I don't know what. <laughs> a side of sex. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of anything else. <laughs> sex, you should have said a blowjob. <laughs> uh, for those interested in dick. <laughs> <laughs> but the review reads, I love these ladies. It's so nice to have a perspective from the Latinx community. Love these women and how much fun they have. And their knowledge of all things geek runs deep. Definitely check it out. Yay! Thank you so much! Thank you! You guys, you just made our day. Our week. Our month. Definitely. That was very, very sweet. So guess what? You win a prize. And we would love to give it to you. So if you're still listening to us, please contact us either via Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Snapchat. Uh, contact us, and that way we can get your your uh, your gift or yes. your prize over to you ASAP. Mm-hmm. Buddy Blue, please do so. Hopefully you are still listening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you reach out to us and get your prize. Yes. And thank you. Yes, thank you so much for thank your you. awesome very, very review. Much. Oh, thank you so much. And t- thank you for taking the time because I've tried to uh, post reviews on other people's uh, podcasts, mm-hmm. but if I'm not like on one of my Apple um, devices, uh. it keeps kind of like asking for a ver- verification and it gets frustrated and I just give up. Oh, really? Yeah. So oh. what, I, what I'm going to do now is type it on my regular desktop, send it. Uh, via messenger to oh. my my um, iPad and from there I'll post it. Oh, okay. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's just hard to type like mm-hmm. everything I want to say on a on an iPad, phone, yeah, yeah, or a phone, and so um, that's what I'm gonna do. But um, yeah, it, it it can be frustrating. And that's what all you listeners can do as well when you're <laughs> leaving the very next Comanche <laughs> Comics reviews on iTunes. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so thank you so much for that review, and please contact us to get your present ASAP. We will, we can't wait to send it to you and then hear back from you. It'd be great. Yes. So and just to clarify, this uh, we are giving you a present. Could we super appreciate it? It's not a payoff. <laughs> <laughs> if it was a payoff, it would have been a blowjob. Uh, oh my gosh! <laughs> Can we delete that? <laughs> <out>? <laughs> I didn't post that. Post for That's terrible. Um, let's just move on along. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to. Uh, I'm so. I'm super red right now. Um, did you guys watch Coco? Yes. Um, I have watched it twice. How many, how many times did you guys watch it? I've only seen it once. Um, I. W- tried to go back to see it during the holidays um in in fact um was going to take my niece and my mother to go see it but womp womp i already shared with you that my mom was in um the hospital so we never got to go to see coco i ended up taking my niece to um the movies but we didn't want to see coco without my mom and at the time we didn't realize my mom was going to be in the hospital for so long so we opted to see jumanji which i highly recommend um i saw the original i love the original obviously robin williams was great in that movie but um this is uh super fun super funny all of the comedians i've never seen uh the rock in a comedic role i don't think um and i know that he does them and that he's known for that but i've never seen him in one and so um i was super 
kind of surprised at it, but yes, go see Jumanji, but yes, just to, uh, I'm getting off track with movies, but um, I've only seen it once, and um, I wanted to see it a second time in Spanish, but I didn't, I haven't gone back yet. Mm -hmm. Can I ask, what was your favorite part, Kristen? Of Coco? Mm -hmm. <sighs> My favorite part... Um, I mean, the part that stands out the most to me is the revelation that it's, uh, it, that of who, um, Miguel's real father is. Real grandfather. Mm -hmm. Or grandfather, yeah. Great, great grandfather. Great, 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 yeah. Yeah. great yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many greats, but there's some greats in there. Two greats. And, oh my gosh, like, I just, like, started bawling my little eyes out, and mm -hmm. I don't think I... From that point to the till the end, there was just one scene after another that <laughs> that made me cry. But um, I think that yeah, that was yeah. one of my favorite. Parts. At one point in the movie, I it was just tears running down my mm -hmm. face. It was just like like once like something started, it was like no stopping it. Yeah. Um, and I went to go. I like recently. I went to go see it on New Year's Day mm -hmm. uh, with my mom and my baby sister because I wanted to go see it in Spanish at um uh, at the. Uh, um, uh, at Crenshaw, at the what used to be the Magic Johnson Theater, I think it's like Ray oh, Cinemas, yeah, 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 something yeah. like mm -hmm. that. Now it's always like Magic Johnson to me. Um, but um, so we went to go see it because we thought it was in Spanish. Turns out it wasn't in Spanish; mm. it was regular. Uh, but there wasn't a. My mom still understood it. Um, but I was. Oh my god! I was. We were, at one point, all three of us were crying. Yeah. And it was just like, and then, like, I would look at the corner of my eye, and I would see my little sister crying, and then I would start crying again. <laughs> and so it was just, like, it was a hot mess of tears. Nice. And then she would start crying because she would see my mom crying. And yeah. so, like, yeah, at one point, we were just, all of us were crying. And Mama Coco just, mm. oh, my gosh. So, um, when I was a... Young girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like a like dream sequence is about to start. <laughs> but um, my grandmother took care of me a lot because my mother was a young uh, mom and she was always out working and stuff and uh, also partying because she was in her 20s at the time. But um, my grandmother was the oldest of her family. Um, my my, my great-grandmother had 12 children, and my grandmother was the oldest. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, in Latino families, as uh, is often the tradition, um, my great-grandmother was living with my grandmother because right. she was the oldest. Of course. Um, and she would... Um, she was monolingual. She only spoke Spanish. And she would speak to me in Spanish. And I could understand her because mm. she spoke to me all the time when I was a kid. But I always would reply in English. English. Mm -hmm. um, and so we kind of did that, like, uh, communication back and forth and enough to understand each other. But she, for the most part, would just sit there in the corner in her little rocking chair, not really saying anything, kind of just sighing. Oh, my God. The Down to the freaking... Wrinkles? Chin whiskers on oh, yeah. Mama Coco, like yeah. when the the close-ups, and yes, and the wrinkles, and just the clothing that they wore. It was like so, just like the the realisticness mm -hmm. <laughs> of the way they portray Latino uh, families, and just how it resonated with me, with my great my great grandmother, and my grandmother was just like it really hit. 
close mm-hmm. to home and uh, was just so overwhelmingly emotional uh, at the end. Mm-hmm. I have to agree with that. Um, we also, um, my my grandmother lived with us, and then, um, but they, she, her mom was still alive. So with with um, her siblings, they would um, each of them take care of her mm-hmm. for a month. Mm-hmm. But she was also, she was actually very skinny and very frail, but down to like her eyes being closed all the time. Yes, like uh huh. Um, and I I really love this movie. The fact that they make they they kind of um put a spotlight on how important it is to uh validate um um elderly yes. people uh-huh. um and even i was telling jacob my nephew because the first time i saw it was in english with my nephew jacob and i said you know it just shows that even though they don't talk back mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you still should communicate with them yeah um because mm-hmm. th- they might not be able to speak but they they're still there yeah mm-hmm. uh i think also, the whole idea of um, passing down legacy mm-hmm. to people in the family that may have never met those people, but the stories that the older family members have of them and just like, you know, passing down stories or anecdotes or even, you know, little uh, items that used to be theirs or whatever is so important for um, just history. Mm-hmm. Uh, like my grandmother, has, my grandmother lived to 100, um, but the last year of her life, she was uh, in a, like a, uh, she wasn't responsive. She had a stroke and, and wasn't able to speak or respond. She was just in the hospital for about the last year mm-hmm. of her life. So even though she was technically alive um, to 100, uh, she we had her around only for about 99 years, but that is, like, amazing. Mm -hmm. And the stories that my mother and I have of just being around her, and I was raised by her um, partly when I was a kid, and thinking about how my niece has met my grandmother, but she was young, and and then she passed away, and so she doesn't really get to have that interaction with her anymore, and the older she gets, she might forget about her, and like, when she first passed away, my niece would say, oh, what about Grandma Tony? And she hasn't really done that much anymore, but I think a lot of times adults just stop talking about um, people who've passed away with children because it makes them feel uncomfortable, I think, and the story, uh, Coco, really got me to start thinking about how that shouldn't be that way. It mm-hmm. should be the opposite, that um, you should still celebrate their life uh, even though that they're gone because uh, it's it was a, a wonderful life and it, it definitely has value to share that with mm-hmm. younger generations in the family. Yeah. I have to agree with that. And also uh, one of the things that I really liked is like um, – I, I know I've always wanted to talk to my nephew about you know the Day of the Dead celebration, mm-hmm. and I do make the altars not always on the day you're supposed to, which is bad on me. Mm-hmm. But I never explained it to him, and I always thought that I would someday, but I never you know yeah. actively pursued that. Not at the day you're supposed to. All your family members are there at the bridge, and, and they like, get turned away. Nope, she didn't make it this year either. Denied. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Uh, uh, 
so this movie, I um, it kind of opened my nephew's eyes to see like, hey, why aren't we doing that? And I'm like, oh, I did do it, but I did it late. Uh-huh. And I what what I do is like we have um, like a like an art show or a party, yeah. and then we have a communal. Um, uh, alter so everybody is encouraged to bring a photocopy of a picture of their loved one um, because I don't want to lose their original yeah. or have it damaged so yeah. like if they bring a photocopy then you know we'll frame it and put it up so um, I have pictures of several people like uncles and so forth that we I uh, cousins that I end up putting on the altar but you know it's uh, something that I didn't go into detail with my nephew so now that he saw this movie he asked me more about it yeah and and we talked more about it and and i just cried throughout the whole thing yeah just mm-hmm. because it reminded me of my mom who's passed and how i haven't been so diligent in putting up the altars and mm-hmm. you know like um that may just be me feel guilty um the part where um the dad is singing to his daughter oh my god <laughs> Remember yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's just so beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was just amazing just seeing um, the cameos of the uh, of the artists uh, that I grew up watching, like uh, mm-hmm. Chicantinflas, mm-hmm. uh-huh. um, um, Frida Kahlo, um, Pedro Infante, Pedro Infante yeah. uh, El Santo was El there, Santo, Maria yeah. Felix was mm-hmm. there, and I was like, I know that guy. <laughs> um, so it was really fun to see that and mm-hmm. the colorful pictures. Uh, the imagery and everything it actually took six years of research going traveling to Mexico before they started making this mm-hmm. film so that was really awesome and uh, I saw it in Spanish again in Pomona we had to search for it because um, other movies had already come out it was oh. so that at that point they yeah. had um, they no longer had it here down the street like at the Carson uh, Cine- Cinemark, so we had to go to Pomona, but it was great. I got to take my husband to see it, and he liked it too. He was reluctant. He was like, "I want to go see Coco. I want to go see like, you know, Thor or something." And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like "But it's in Spanish and it's so good. Yeah. I really want you to watch it." Mm-hmm. And um, it took for my aunt to say, "Let's all go together." For him to say, "Okay, fine, I'll go." Yeah, but he really enjoyed it too. Good. So. Yeah, yeah, actually, on Tuesday of last week, I drove by the. Uh, was it Tuesday? Yeah, I drove by the um on western in gardena the one screen theater that's over there right down the street from jeffrey's uh-huh. they're showing it in spanish right oh, now are they really yeah. i should have that would have been such a, a small yeah drive. pomona's <laughs> far <laughs> i think i think i'm gonna see if i can drag my mom and the rest of my siblings to go see that one in spanish but yeah no um when we saw it, my mom actually immediately started um, uh, getting teary-eyed at oh, the yes. beginning because for her, it was like literally a blast from the past. Yeah. yeah. It, that was the environment that she grew up in, and she was just like, she was just like, it just reminds me of home. Yeah. And, and I was just like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I'm going to start crying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so when she told me that, I'm just like, oh, man, the tears are going to start coming. And so that's when she started crying. And then when she saw uh, Mama Coco, she started, that's when she yeah. like, actually started crying because she remembered her own grandmother. Exactly. And whatchamacallit, and she read, and um, uh, I, I, I've always wanted to be more in touch with the Day of the Dead celebration. Yeah. Um, uh, and because my mom was telling me how, like, in Guatemala, it's like a big thing, and that how she was, she was doing it. But the reason that we haven't done it here is because all of our dead aren't here. Uh, all uh-huh. the dead are back in Guatemala, yeah. and um, uh, the people that we do know who are dead, they're not 
our family. They're friends that we knew and stuff like that, and um, uh, we go sometimes to visit the graves every once in a while. Yeah. Every once in a while, it's like every once, every couple years kind of thing, whenever yeah. we remember. I'm just like, isn't this person buried here? And we're just like, oh, yeah, let's go visit it. And there's <laughs> flowers or something. But, like, and nobody close to us has died that we can go and be, like, visit and be, like... And even then, um, um when my... When my godfather for Baptismo passed away, he was sent back to Mexico. Oh, oh really? Yeah, and that's what happens a lot with um, uh, a lot of the older generation, too, is that they go back, mm-hmm. and they send them back, and I haven't, I haven't, I've, I've always wanted to go see my godfather's um, uh, grave, because I miss him, I have a lot of memories of him, and my mom always says a lot of stuff about him as well. Um, uh, but I can't. I don't. Uh, I know he's buried somewhere in Chiapas, and Chiapas is far. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Isn't so, that south? Like yeah. really far south. That's yeah. South. And so, but that's where he was from, and I I can't go all the way to Chiapas, and um um. Uh, well, I could, but it's <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's far, and I don't. It's a I, mission for it's sure. A, it's a mission for sure, and I don't even. I just know that it's in Chiapas. Chiapas is big. There's a lot of graves and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so, just I'm just like I wish, I wish I was closer to that part of that. That's the part that because I've always been aware of the other Los Muertos, and I do know, and I have great respect for it, and I know. Um, my mom has more attachment to it than I do, but yeah, seeing Coco and seeing and seeing it all, I wish it made me realize that there's a large aspect of this cult that's part of my culture that I kind of don't. It's not that I don't know about it; it's just that I haven't been a participant yeah. of mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And it was like, and just seeing my mom, and she was like, "Oh, that reminds me of home." Yeah, and her telling me like how when she was young, she would, um, uh, she when she was young, she what she would do, she used to sell flowers. And she says that she remembers that when it was Day of the Dead, she would sell a lot of mary of like marigolds, marigolds, marigolds yeah. and stuff like that. And how she has like a marigold bush that's still that when I went to Guatemala, it's still there. That marigold wow. bush that she used to wow. pluck her flowers from and sell on Day of the Dead, it's uh, it's still there. Um, um, and um, it's just it was a visually stunning. And my favorite scene was when um, uh, oh, what's his name? Ooh. The boy, Miguel, Miguel uh-huh. was when Miguel song sang the Remember oh. Me song to uh, Mama Coco. Yeah, and when he sang it, and then, and then when she starts singing back, and she, yes. like, oh and my she God. like wakes up, and I'm just like, oh my God, I'm gonna, I was crying. I was, <laughs> I was like, I was, I'm gonna cry right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting like a little bit tear <laughs> thinking about it, and I'm just like, because and the day afterwards, I had to stop myself from crying <laughs> in the store because I would just remember it. And Me too. Oh my god! For days, I oh would just yeah. remember and just start like bawling, like like where I couldn't breathe. <laughs> that was me in a movie theater. I couldn't. I, I was having trouble breathing because I was crying so hard. Yeah, and I wasn't the only bitch who was. Yeah. Crying. I was just like, it was me and like half the movie theater. You we were just like yes. in tears. Yesterday I went to Disneyland and uh, it's. Uh, Tough to be a bug movie theater in California Adventure. Uh, oftentimes they have um, like special engagement previews, and right now they have Coco there. And usually in the little waiting section, they'll have like um, 
props from the movie and different things that are there. Like when Ant-Man was down there, they had like some of the costumes and um, some of the other Marvel movies. Well, they have Coco there right now. And they had shrines down oh, there. And beautiful. one of them was uh, had a picture of Miguel and Mama Coco. And oh. I just stood in front of that one and I just started bawling oh, <laughs> in front of all these little kids. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> What's wrong with her mom? <laughs> But it, it's really, it's true. And you know what? Um, I stayed uh, after the credits just, you know, because um, um, there was a post uh, that uh, Lalo Alcaraz said that if you stay till the end, you get to see pictures of the casting, uh, the casting crew of their dead oh. loved ones all the way at the end. But as I read some of the stuff that was, you know, on the credits, it said if you want to learn more about about this tradition, go to your local library, and I thought that was a cute little message. Oh, in yeah, there. That's pretty cool. yeah, yeah. So that was that was really cool. Oh, and yeah, I know that I'm gonna have to go back just to see all the way. Through yeah, I didn't yeah. stay either. Tragic. I'm gonna have to give them. My <laughs> wow. <laughs> but I mean, story like stories like yours about how the movie resonated with your mom makes me super uh, sad and regretful that this movie didn't come along when my grandmother was alive because I would love to ask her questions of whether or not she participated in Dia de los Muertos when she lived in Mexico. Mm -hmm. She lived in Mexico until she was, gosh, she was pretty young when she came here. I think maybe she was. Yeah, my mom was too. She was. I want to say, well, she was the oldest, so I want to say 12. So still old enough to remember. I mean, she used to tell me that she remembers uh, Carnaval uh, there in uh, Aguascalientes. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. she would tell me about that as a kid. And um, so I'm sure she would remember if she participated in this. So I don't, I'd like to know the history of, like, is this something big that happens in Aguascalientes? Like, what mm -hmm. happens there? for Dia de los Muertos and like what do they do and like did my grandmother participate or did she sell flowers or yeah. like it is, this is all information that she was the oldest but she was one of the last to pass away and there's one um, there's one sibling left and it's um, the youngest of the family and he's already in his 90s so mm. and he was born here so he would have no recollection at all mm. of, of all the stuff that went on over there so yeah that makes me sad to that the, they're definitely if you have uh, grandparents or great-grandparents like Sarah, what you were saying, talk to them and ask them questions and write that shit down. Oh, because absolutely. once they're gone, those are that's information and memories that you'll never get it's back. Just lost. And I think that was one of my favorite things about the movie too was the aspect of memory mm -hmm. of the of what you call it. And um, uh, there's a scene in the movie where um, uh, he's he's trying to get a guitar. Miguel's trying to get a guitar, so they go to an older person. Oh, yeah. Well, well and yes. Uh, what is the, for, the, the forgotten final, death. Yeah. The final and death, yeah. The final death. And yeah. like, just, the, just the fact that, like, he was just like, we call this the final death. He was like, what's after that? We no, don't know. Knows. We don't know. And it's just like, I was just like, wow, that's some, like. And then even later in the movie, they said, like, this is, this is, we'll meet this fate, too, again, someday. When there's nobody to remember us, right. even though we have our family. But the point is that even that even if it's what you call it, it's supposed to be a long way off. Cause mm -hmm. Yeah, supposed mm -hmm. to, um, because um, he was his great great grandfather, right? And yet he still managed to hold out that long mm -hmm. because his daughter remembered him. Yeah, uh, because yeah. Coco remembered him. Yeah, mm -hmm. and um, uh, and 
I just I just really like that the fact that uh, no one's really dead until they're forgotten. And this right. was a, a, the same thing that was in um, uh, the Book of Life too, mm-hmm. uh, the, the aspect mm-hmm. of memory. Mm-hmm. And I just I I just I just love that. Yeah, I, I love that. I, totally I never do. saw that one. I, I when it no. came out, I I remember saying, oh, I want to see that because visually it also looked really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, it looked really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I never got to see that one. And one of the cool things is if you guys are Gael uh, Garcia uh, Bernal and and his friend. Um, Gael Garcia Bernal and Diego Luna, oh, who mm-hmm. are really good friends. Uh, Diego Luna does the voice in um, The Book of Life, and mm-hmm. Gael Garcia Bernal does a, a voice in um, Coco. Oh. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah. wow, you know, it's just they like... They pulls out all the stops. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say something. Um, one of the things I really liked is I took my nephew, and um, he got cold in the theater, and he was wearing, like, his school uniform, so I let him borrow my scarf that I took purposely to the theater to cry into because no. <laughs> I knew I was going to start sobbing. So he borrowed it, and then w- at the end of the movie, when he gave it back, he saw, here's your scarf back. I may have cried in it. <laughs> that was so cute and very honest from him. So I'll, it's a very beautiful movie, and if you get a mm-hmm. chance, there are some theaters that are still showing it in Spanish, and, mm-hmm. of course, there are some English ones. But um, I really encourage that you guys uh, take a family member, take your mom, take your dad, um, kind of share this moment with them. Can I ask Sarah um, what the aesthetic was like for you um, watching it in Spanish as opposed to English? In <clears throat> I loved it more in Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I loved it in English, but it just, it was way cooler in Spanish because it, it, it I actually have gone to Mexico to celebrate the Day of the Day. Have you? Yes. Oh, it's wow. It's magnificent. It's very colorful. Mm-hmm. Um, in our town of Tlatenango, Puebla, um, when you have a recently deceased and it's the primera ofrenda for your loved one, yeah. um, there's several tiers that you have to have like, right. um, uh-huh. in, in your ofrenda. Yes. And also people come into your home and share, you have to make like tamales mm-hmm. for like a group of uh, people will come in and out of your per, uh, first ofrenda. So like you can be there and you can travel around to people's houses and just go in. You're completely welcome. Mm-hmm. And they, they give you a tamal and champurrado or cafe. It's just very beautiful. Wow. Mm-hmm. We go to the cemetery and, you know, it's the old cemetery, so it's, like, mm-hmm. super awesome. Mm-hmm. Exactly like the movie. Yeah. And uh, we 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 clean um we clean the um um the place uh, the resting place we clean it off we weed it and then we place flowers it's just really beautiful and mm-hmm. some people bring tequila some people bring like a band mm-hmm. and they or a mariachi and it's just really really a celebration of life and mm-hmm. it's just very beautiful and it was just uh seeing it on you know on the big screen it was really down to a t down to like the petals yeah. of the marigold mm-hmm. so it was just perfect i mean i think this movie could have only been improved by like the smell of marigold being pumped <laughs> <laughs> it would have been awesome maybe like a little bit of candle too a candle smell but it was mm-hmm. just great um and singing in spanish just uh, it just uh you know reminds me of my mom and my grandparents and stuff like that so it's pretty awesome yeah pretty awesome you know just down to like all the little ways of speaking in spanish it was just yeah super cool. yeah yeah super cool uh, 
I liked that part. Uh, it's a kind of a nice transition into our book, but I know we're not at that part yet. But, <laughs> but I liked the part where they'd be talking English, and then, the, like, a little Spanish word yeah. would come in. And, and like, I... I would just go with it because I understood it, and people would laugh. But I, you, there was definitely in the the viewing that I saw it, and you could tell that not everyone understood what was so funny, and mm-hmm. that was actually kind of like a cool little. I was like, oh, I'm on, I'm I'm in on the joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, most definitely. <laughs> so yeah, so I definitely think I want to try to catch it um, at, at the Gardino one in Spanish because. Uh, I want to I want to see what the difference is, and I definitely got uh, the idea or hoped anyway that it would be kind of uh, a lot more powerful, as powerful as it already was, more powerful in Spanish. Absolutely, mm-hmm. um, and again, highly recommended to the adults in your life. Um, I actually am thinking maybe I should call my dad and see if we could all go to Gardena. He lives like literally like a 10 minute drive from there so mm-hmm. it'd be cool like really my cool. one of my favorite part uh of the like uh spanish words that everyone in the theater who understood it uh laughed was when the um i don't remember what the characters were but miguel was already on the other side and mm-hmm. they were telling they, the alabrijas uh, had come out yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's like well just watch where you walk they leave caquitas <laughs> Oh my god, that was funny! <laughs> oh my god, I thought that was. I love the incorporation of Aztec culture yeah. into the oh, movie. Yes. And, uh, uh, and Imelda's um, uh, her spirit guide. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I was just like power move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Like, oh my god! Like, you want to talk about like like flashbacks? Even though I don't need one, like Imelda was like. Like, it just rem- it reminded me, like, like seeing her, I was just like, I felt like, I was just like, did these people observe my mother? <laughs> I was just like, you want to talk about, like, the like the la- Latina goals, Imelda is li- Latina goals. <laughs> it's like, I wanted to forget you. I was just like, yeah. Yeah. Like you said, like, I saw Imelda and I thought my great-grandmother, Paula. Yeah. yeah. Like, just, like, we all know that stood yeah, super yeah. straight and just had that, that, as they call it here, resting bitch face. Yeah. The resting yeah. bitch face. The, the, mm-hmm. the, she, is the, she is the type of Latina woman that when you walk in, you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, like uh, ma'am, please tell me what you do so I can get out of your way. <laughs> like, like, like it's, it's, she's the one that you don't fuck with. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. That was me, Abuelita Paula, and mm-hmm. Imelda, like, represented her, like, to the T. To the T. Yeah, it was, was like, like, I was just like, I was just like, when I saw I was just like, shit, like, goddamn. Like, <laughs> like, they're like, you know a Latino made this movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> you did it. Everything about from the way she dressed to the way she talked yeah. to the way she stood. To the way yeah. she stood. Her, 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 her. that face she gave you. Even though she was a skull, you knew. Yeah, you yeah. Like, oh, my God. And, like, from her spirit guide and everything, I was just so like, God mm-hmm. damn, if this ain't a love letter to a Latino woman, <laughs> I don't know what is. Mm-hmm. No, totally agree. Absolutely. <laughs> That's exactly who I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, it was great. So uh, we here at Comodos Comics just love this movie and can't get enough of it. So we, we highly recommend it. Yeah, and uh, there is a, obviously, besides the artwork and all the, the creators that worked on it, um, one of, oh, the... Uh, 
first syndicated Latino cartoonist, Lalo Al Alcaraz, um, had a lot um, to do with um, the authenticity of this movie. He worked as um, behind the scenes as a um, consultant. consultant mm -hmm. Yes. And uh, when I saw him in person, I hadn't seen the movie yet, but when I saw him in person at the Latino Comics Expo, I thanked him for all the hard work that he had done on the movie because um, I had been seeing all the things that he was sharing. And at that time, um, one of the cool things about the movie is that Disney released it a full month ahead of time in Mexico mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. before they did here. So there were already reviews and things coming in from Mexico of mm -hmm. the actual people who whose movie, you know, who who the movie was about, um, such overwhelming positive feedback. It is the second highest grossing film in Mexican history. Wow. And it's the first movie to have been released in Mexico before being released in the United States. I, I, mm -hmm. I thought that was such an awesome, respectful move yeah, for absolutely. Disney to make. Absolutely. And I don't know if you knew, but not long ago. Power <laughs> Well, they had to do something because some time ago they tried to get the rights to the Day of the Dead. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. so, Which is, I think, what was the whole um, thing that precipitated Lalo becoming involved is that he gave them shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. and he was very vocal. Oh, yeah, about it. Yeah. He doesn't pull any. Punches. Yeah, no, he yeah. doesn't. He gives it to you straight. Yes, <laughs> and so, um, and so they were like, okay, and I think they actually approached him and said, you know, you you have a lot to say. We we want to turn that into something positive for this movie. And I mean, the, you can just tell uh, once you see it just how to the very minute details of. The food that is sitting on the table—it's mm -hmm. a plate of pandulce, mm -hmm. uh, and then the uh, the the chick the the uh, drumstick that the dog got was from a plate of mole. Yes, yes. Like, <laughs> was like, it's so like everything and, was perfect. And oh my gosh, from the dog himself—that he's a he's a specific kind of yes, breed of yes, dog, exactly. a Mexican dog. Yeah. Mexican yeah. Dog. And the apron that Miguel's grandmother wears—that my grandmother wore one of those exact aprons. Every single freaking day of her life I, that I've seen her. I <laughs> have one of those. Yeah. I, have, so like, yeah. Yeah. I just ran into mine in the closet. Yeah. Well, it's not mine. It was my mother's. But, yes, exactly. Yes. Like that kind of, uh, uh, kind of like pattern uh, black mm -hmm. with, the, uh -huh. with white that makes it also uh, look a little bit uh, gray. Mm -hmm. I have it. Yeah. With a little, with a little <laughs> you know, My grandmother had, she always had safety pins and clothespins and mm -hmm. tissues. <laughs> in, and who know, and a mint in her little pocket. <laughs> oh man, Th those are great memories. Very great memories, definitely. Well, I'm sure we could talk about Coco all freaking night. So yes. uh, we should probably uh, stop ourselves now and uh, move on to our next. Uh <laughs> Jen, what's your chisme de la semana? My chisme de la semana is actually twofold, and it might actually be kind of a bit old news, except for the second half of it. But for those of you who are familiar with it, Shira is back, oh and she's going to be coming back on Netflix. 
and it's part of it's part of yeah. <laughs> it's part of like um uh, since DreamWorks has a deal with Netflix going on with the whole Troll Hunters thing and everything, they had just announced like um um basically a new series of cartoons that they're going to be doing exclusively with Netflix, and one of them was Shira. Shira only ever had two seasons, two glorious, corny seasons that I love with all my heart. That's right. And I still rewatch to this day because my little sister used to watch it on Cubo, and I would, when I was babysitting her, I would watch it with her, and I was just like, oh my god, I love Shira, and I was just like, in, in my in in my in my baby gay mind, <laughs> when, when I didn't know, when I didn't know, I was just like, I I very much enjoyed her skirt. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have Shira PJs. I um years later I ran into the Shira horse. Uh, was what was the the horse's name? Um, um, Swiftwind. Swiftwind. Yeah. And Shira uh, at a at a yard sale, and Ooh. I bought them. So I'm like, yes, nice. I came up on that. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. But um, um, Titanus, um, uh, Shira is going to be home by. Noelle Stevenson. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And for those of you who are not familiar, Noelle Stevenson is the creator of Nimona and Lumberjanes, which are super popular um, uh, kids' books. Comic books. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nimona was a webcomic. And garnered so much attention and so much su- such a great following um, that it got picked up in... Um, uh, published into a graphic novel, and uh, the Nimona is amazing. Uh, I read it, and it's an all-ages book, and I did not um, expect to be affected by it the way that I was, but at the end of that book, I was sobbing. Wow. <laughs> at the end of, oh my gosh, just the, I was so emotionally invested in those characters by the end of that story, and it's just so amazing, and it's a female, um, a young female protagonist, and um, it's the story, just the way that her relationship develops with um, some of the other characters, and just mm-hmm. the, the the whole storyline together is amazing, yeah. and uh, from there, Lumberjanes uh, developed, and uh, Lumberjanes also female-driven storyline about a group of girls who um, all meet up at summer camp and go to the same summer camp every summer, and it is, um, I can't remember what the Miss something, Miss, it's a long name, but it's it Miss Petty something, something, something yeah. camp for hardcore lady types, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, that's the name of the camp, so, um, but the cool thing about the camp is it's not just any regular summer camp. There's all kinds of uh, weird, supernatural, unexplained phenomenon that happens at this camp. And um, I, what I really love about uh, Lumberjanes, besides the storyline and just all the character development, um, there is a transgender character that um, you don't really... Um, I, I don't know that it's ever actually really been said, but mm-hmm. it's really highly, heavily inferred mm-hmm. that she's transgender. Um, and there's, like, some... Um, some uh, like developing feelings between some of the girls that they're trying to like parse uh, out. yeah parse out like their sexuality and uh-huh. stuff like that um, but it's just so it's done so well and um, uh, the writer really 
weaves in math and science and history and also um, mentions really cool, awesome um, female historical characters and some of the cool things that they've done in history and weaves it into the story. I cannot recommend Lumberjanes enough. And if you have uh, little boys or girls who are interested in reading comics, I highly recommend. Mm -hmm. And it's supposed to drop sometime this year, uh, probably around the summer. Uh, yeah, but um, uh, Noelle has been re working on this for a while. Wow. So then, um, uh, in her Twitter, she basically revealed that uh, that she's been working in it for secret for a couple months now. Okay. So there are some episodes already Ooh. already finished. So they're just basically finishing it up, and then they're gonna drop it. And I am. I will, oh my god, I'm gonna give Netflix all my money. Like, <laughs> I love Shira so much. I was unfulfilled. Those two seasons were unfulfilling. I wanted more. But so, wait, did Shira actually just have a solo title animation? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't mm -hmm. know about that. It came way yeah. after He Man. He Man, okay. Yeah. I just knew her from He Man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, uh, she did, like, her first appearance was in, uh, what was it called? The Secret of the Sword was an animated movie mm. where he was introduced as a villain. Really? Yeah, oh, I can't see that now. Oh, I don't wow. remember seeing that at all. Not a villain, but as an antagonist to okay. He-Man. Okay. okay. And what you want to call it. And, um, uh, and then Ritsun found out that she was his secret sister. And she became part of the He-Man mythos. And so yeah. she appeared in a few episodes of He-Man, but then she got her own solo series mm -hmm. that was super corny and I absolutely <laughs> love it. Super oh, corny. Super so corny. Wait, and are those on corny Netflix? Corny and campy. Um, are they on Netflix? I think they might be now. Now, they, they, they should be. I'm sure that that makes sense that mm -hmm. they would release them now that they are hyping up the mm -hmm. new one. I'm going to look right now and while you talk. Um, uh, and honestly, I, I rewatched the old episodes on YouTube. I don't know mm -hmm. if they're still up. Oh, but yeah. okay, yeah. There was, I think in total, there was only maybe like 30 or 50 episodes mm -hmm. done in total. That's oh. a lot. I mean, I guess for little tiny half-hour episodes, yeah, it, mm -hmm. it goes by quickly, but it seems mm -hmm. like a lot. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, God, I, I love... I, I love, love the Archer. Movie. He was just so mm. feminine. I loved it. Yeah. I uh, loved it. Um, he was mm -hmm. pastel, and he was... A lot of pastel colors. Yes. It was just great. A lot of glittering... A lot of cool stuff and like that. This is this is gonna reveal my truly emo past, but um, uh, <laughs> not only did I really like Shira, I really, I really, really liked the Hordax. Um, uh, other like the oh, she, the she, she, she was she dressed in red and she did black magic. You never saw her face, but I. Oh was my just, god! Yes, I, I remember that. I really, really liked her. Like, oh I, yes. And because uh, she was so mysterious, she was so mysterious. She had the she had she had the whole goth look down. And I was just like, God damn. Mhm, mm mhm. Mm so yeah, it was kind of a nod to Evil Lynn, only more mysterious. Only more mysterious. Yeah, yeah I was a big get, fan of There was an episode where we do figure it out. Um, mm -hmm. Shira, Princess of Power, is on Netflix. Yes, they only have one season though. Let me see. Unless it's all the episodes, and just I hope so. One season. Well, it only says one season, but they're in that one season, 65 episodes. Okay. Let me see the the name of, I know, the, the greatest magic. 
<laughs> Everyone's listening to Jen. <laughs> Read the descriptions of the of the episodes. I've never watched it. I didn't even know it existed. So uh, I will have to just in support of Noel Stevenson alone. I feel like I need to watch all of these old episodes to prepare myself. Absolutely. <laughs> There's 93 episodes. Oh, season two okay. was only 38. I remember this. I remember being because when I was watched season two, it was cut halfway through, not even halfway, a third, because it was supposed to be as long as the first season. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so, But they were only able to, like, turn out 30 episodes. And when was this, uh, when did it come out? 1985. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it may not uh, transition well in the passing of time, but it's it's something that defined a lot of childhoods. And of course, it, and yeah. And it defined mine. Uh, and I mean, I was a fan of He-Man, and then I tried to see it again, and I couldn't. Yeah. Oracle just, ugh. <laughs> Oracle. Oh, my God. It's I sort of like Oracle. It's sort of like me trying to watch the Power Rangers again and freaking, ay yeah 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 yay Oh, <laughs> my fucking God. Seriously, so annoying. <laughs> hey, you guys remember, what's his name? Oh, God, I don't even know what his name is. But, yeah, that was just uh, all over all the time. But, yeah. What was his name? It was L... It was something with an A. God, I from Power Alpha. Rangers. Power Rangers. Alpha. Alpha. Yeah. 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 Alpha. Um, uh, For somebody who hates it, I know too much of it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would sell my soul to Power Rangers. Like, uh, it's define. When you want to talk about defining power moments? I was. I love Power Rangers. It's great. When that I was already too out. old when all that stuff came out. My brother was into it. And and me, me too. My brother was into it, and that's how I kind of got into it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, particular. I'm well, very that is some good achievement. Yeah. Um, Noel Stevenson being involved in it. Uh, I don't care what it would be. I would be all about it and support it in any way I could. So everybody out there listening, make sure that you check out Shira on Netflix. So we should we should get a Netflix uh, sponsorship <laughs> for that show. <laughs> I'm loving the Netflix right now. So yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, I just finally finished Punisher. Oh, oh my gosh, it was so freaking good. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't watched Punisher, You've watch Punisher. Punisher. Yes, people are coming in, and this is the first time. I'm not even gonna lie. Out of all the big Disney Marvel releases on the big screen, I could count on one hand the people who came in and said, I saw the movie and I want to come read the the book. But this Punisher TV show on Netflix has really sparked an interest in the Punisher uh, character in the comic books. And we get a lot of, I've gotten a lot of people coming in and buying, um, buying a lot of Garth Ennis Punisher Mm -hmm. um, and um, the Max, any Max series Mm -hmm. stuff that we have. Yeah. Yeah, I remember those uh, covers. They were freaking amazing. In the, he was kind of like, his back was towards you with this kind of like shadow over his face. Oh, yeah. such great covers. Those, those like, were awesome. Like the defining um, uh, gun- um, uh, Gunisher. <laughs> I was going to say Garth Ennis, and then, uh, but then I was like, Punisher, Gunisher. <laughs> and I'm telling you, Jonathan, that's his name, Jonathan Barenthal? John Barenthal? Is that his name? Barenthal is his last name. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what his first name is. If it's John. Is it John? Yeah. He 
better win what is, what's the TV awards are they Emmys Grammys no. uh, that's the Golden Globes Golden well that's for Golden Globes is for uh, the isn't that the the European market or whatever are the Golden Globes no they have a European market but there's American stuff American TV shows a lot of HBO a lot of HBO. no I know but it's their their people I can't, I know there's a difference but what is it what do TV shows win are they they're Emmys I think it's Emmys, yeah. I think yeah. it's the Emmys. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No, those that's music. Emmys. No, no Grammys. 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 Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell that I love <laughs> award shows? <laughs> I used to watch them a lot uh, when I was in middle school. Now I don't. I'm just like. Yeah, I'm just like, oh, whatever. I mean, I'll listen to your music. Me too. I used to watch it a lot when I was a kid. All the shows. I was about the Grammys, the Oscars, the People's Choice. Oh, my gosh. When I first moved to Los Angeles, I went to People's Choice Awards like five years in a row. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so um, there's Primetime Emmy Awards, um, and I guess that that's where he would come out, because this is talking about um, Handmaid's Tale, um, where the Emmys won some Emmys this last time. Um, but if he does not re- uh, read, if he does not win uh, some sort of award, I will know the fix is in, because his freaking acting was amazing. Oh my God! My, my all-time favorite parts in the show was when he would lower his voice a little bit and go into like a little story. I love those stories he told mm-hmm. about uh, his missions or things yeah. like that. Yeah. Or um, those really made him. I think it solidified the backstory that they needed for him to come out. Yeah, uh, his emotion and where he was coming from. And um, I think those little backstories, those little stories that he narrated. Um, you know, while he was talking to someone and his facial expressions while he was telling these stories was, I loved it. Yeah. It was like something I hadn't seen before. Yeah. I I just, it really, like, I physically had reactions to watching him act out these scenes and he was just so, like, uh, it was so, like, heartfelt and mm-hmm. I had we had just read uh, Punisher Born which was also it's also a Max series book it's Garth Ennis and it's kind of it's a story um, I don't I we talked about whether or not it was canon and I think that we said that I believe it, it's in canon for Garth Ennis's run uh-huh not anything else. Yeah. Because I believe in Garth Ennis' run. And spoiler alert, even though the series has been over for like 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> um, I believe in Garth Ennis' run, Punisher dies. Oh, oh, okay. Like he's, it's either he dies or it's heavily implied that he is dead. Okay. Mm-hmm. Honestly, uh, he's merely a human. The fact that he survives half of the shit that he goes through in comic books, I'm amazed at. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... The uh, Punisher Born was a story told about him uh, when he was in Vietnam War and um, kind of shows who he is Um, Mm character-wise before before his wife and children, his family is dead. And you see in this story that is written how he is the Punisher already like that's just who he is and that he uses the death of his family as an excuse to, to just go barely all go out. all out yeah mm-hmm. 
Because um, he's kind of been contained. He's being unleashed. And I, this was a phrase that I liked that was in the book, um, Punisher Born, was that uh, one of his men, he says, like, I will go home. I will not fall in love with war like Cap- like I'm a Captain Frank has. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, and I think that perfectly encapsulates yeah. who Frank Castle is. Yeah. Um, uh, like a before and everything and afterwards as well. Is yeah, that, so mm-hmm. I had not watched the TV show yet before. I, I had started watching it, but I hadn't finished um, before I read the book. And it actually, even though it's it was before all of this, I kept thinking about that book as I was watching the rest of the TV show because of the fact that the TV show deals so heavily with um, with what was going on in his um, one of his tours. And, of course, this isn't the Vietnam War anymore because um, so much time has passed and we're in it was supposed to be present day 2017 but um the fact that uh i I have to give so much credit and kudos to what whoever it was that they had in the background um kind of uh, helping them to write all the scenes that dealt with post-traumatic stress disorder um with soldiers Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i mean it was just so like uh I like emotionally, mm-hmm. like, oh, trying to watch it. I can't imagine actually being the person who's going through all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I like how they got really political uh, with, like, you know, uh, I guess domestic terrorism mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I thought that was really uh, current and, uh, yeah. and and really drove in the point home. So yeah. I, I really... I really liked that. I didn't think they were going to go that route, but they did, and, and they ma- they beautifully handled it as a, as part of the storyline. So yeah, that was. I I love the show too. So uh, I don't know how we got on this tangent, <laughs> but it is comic book related. <laughs> oh, Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. Netflix. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that, yeah. The, the whole I was supposed to be doing cheese man. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, look, that's yeah. two Netflix shout-outs. Uh, Netflix people, uh, <laughs> Commodity Comics at um, gmail.com. You can uh, write us there. PayPal. Yeah, um. for, for any, <laughs> for any um, promotional uh, support, uh, please contact us. <laughs> <laughs> and um, um, the other next bit of news is that Marvel is reviving their Exiles comic. Mm. So, Exiles, I know, was like a 90s comic that went on all the way to about 2009. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, it is being written by Saladin Ahmed, who uh, is the person who wrote Black, is writing Black Bolt right now. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, he's also a YA novelist. And uh, the new this new Exiles team will have Blink. And it's also going to have, um, uh, they've released some of the follow-up, uh, another person has been. We'll have who, Blink? Blink, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. And mm-hmm. uh, she was the titular character of the previous Exiles, mm-hmm. she's been like the hit character. Wait, when's the last time Exiles has been out, was out? 2009. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And so, the current lineup has Iron Lad, um, uh, who is basically, and it was this, uh, who, he came out in uh, the first um, a run of Young Avengers, and it was later revealed that he, when he grows up, he will be Kang the Conqueror. Um, it's going to have an alternate reality version of a grown-up Kamala Khan. <gasps> yes. Oh my god. So, who has 
faced some shit. Oh my god! Yeah. So there's gonna be a grown up hard. This comes out in April. April. Yeah. <gasps> oh. Comes out in April, and there is going to be baby Wolverine. I know. I saw that baby Wolverine. Oh my gosh! I saw that the other day um, online, and I showed it to Eddie. I'm like, "What's this all about?" He's like, "I don't know," because I guess it hasn't come out in solicitation and previews yet. Mm-hmm. And and which makes sense if it comes out in April, so it'll be out next week. Uh, next week, next month, February, March, April. Or no, maybe at the end of this month. But anyway, he hadn't seen it yet, and I'm like, I need to know more about Baby Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> and um, uh, there is one more character that is, is as of yet to be, like, released and, like, really shown who it is. So we don't know. There's one There's one other character that we don't know. So out of all of that that you just shared, they're actually saving something because that's their, like, uh, their, like, big coup de gras thing that they are saving. I yeah. can't imagine what it is that's better than all of that. <laughs> <laughs> like, they've already got me sold. I haven't seen Iron Lad since the Young Avengers, so I'm like, I'm, I'm good. Like, you already got me, like, hooked. I'm down for it. But, um, uh, in a statement, um, uh, Ahmed said that, uh, Excels will be a two-fisted, big-hearted, wild ride of a book about a diverse team of alternate universe Marvel heroes banding together to stop a dire threat to the multiverse. Sort of a what-if meets classic X-Men. Ooh. I'm all about double fisting, I'm telling you. (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. Okay. And so the... Yeah, okay, so the original Exiles ran for about 100 issues before being relaunched as New Exiles, and then the second Exiles series uh, was introduced that ended in 2009, and the concept was briefly revived again as Extreme X-Men. And, ah. and uh, in 2012. Uh-huh. So it's been a cool minute since yeah. they've done an Exiles book. So I'm excited. I'm a, a adult, a hardcore Kamala Khan. I'm so yes. already, like, I am... Really excited for this book. I don't know who the fifth person in this lineup is going to be, but I hope it's going to be somebody cool. I, I feel like it has to be after all of that news. Um, if they think that that's something that uh, tops all of that, then mm-hmm. I'm like, who is it? <laughs> what <laughs> what could it be? It be? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that it comes out April 2018, so this coming spring. Please. And then Your after this, out. Marvel, please reintroduce the Extreme X-Men uh, series where uh, oh, <laughs> I know where, where Hercules and Wolverine are lovers. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, how exciting. Yeah. <laughs> nice. What do I have today? You know what? I didn't uh, look up any information about this beer. It was a last-minute edition. So we are going to uh, have to uh, wing it on the info on this <laughs> on this beer. But um, I'm already uh, I'm already excited about this high-class beer that is um, corked. It's not a can. It's not um, a bottle cap. It is a cork, and it actually makes me nervous to open these things. So I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna uh, don't take uh, an eye out. I know I'm gonna. <laughs> 
pointed away here as I unscrew the little. Uh, you, you know what you could do? You could put uh, once you take off the metal, yeah. put a um, napkin over the cork, uh -huh. and then that way it contains the cork when you. Okay. So. Okay, so I'm actually going to. Um, this is a barrel-aged old Rasputin Ooh. Russian Imperial Stout. Uh, this was a um, a Christmas gift to me um, from a friend. Oh, yeah. We're going to give a shout out to um, Michael Hughes, who uh, <laughs> knows that I love craft beer. And he uh, gave me this and also the um, Pliny the Elder. But I figured that Pliny the Elder was not a beer that we necessarily wanted to taste on here because it's a really weak like um pilsner type style uh is it pilsner or a lager i'm not sure but it's very very light and easy drinking beer and i know that uh this definitely uh, this old rasputin will garner a lot more interesting reactions from us um oh my, <laughs> oh my god is that jersica yes, <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Well, the bottle looks very sexy, <laughs> so I can't wait. It's a very nice I bottle. I can't wait. So, um, it says here it is um, stout aged in bourbon barrels. Uh, like I said, North Coast Brewing Company. Um, it is, oh, a, it's a California. Uh, North Coast Brewing Company is a California uh, brewing company. They are located uh, uh, north coast of California in Fort Bragg. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's pretty cool. I had heard of um, of North Coast before, but or I've heard of Old Rasputin before, actually, um, but didn't uh, connect it to North Coast. So, um, so this here on uh, on the actual North Coast Brewing Company website, um, they talk about. Uh, I want to kind of get to the page so that we can share it, but my phone is getting a little bit slow. I'll try to open it at the same time as I'm trying to talk. Um, it says that it is produced in the tradition of 18th century English brewers who supplied the court of... Oh, Whoa, there we wow. go! <laughs> <laughs> who supplied the court of Russia's... Uh, it keeps loading on me and reloading, so I can't finish my sentence. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, North Coast... Here, you can start... Uh, there we go. Breathe. Okay. They, they supplied the court of Russia's Catherine the Great. Oh. Old Rasputin seems to develop a cult following wherever it goes. So, I guess once we drink it, that's it. We're goners. <laughs> We're going to join the cult. Um, it's rich, intense brew with big, complex flavors and a warming finish. Uh, let's see what else. Says, uh, well, it's a Russian Imperial Stout, so we already said that. And that's about all that it uh says as far as uh, the little backstory, but it um, it's very dark, very very dark stout. It has an ABV of nine percent, um, so it is not for the faint at heart. 
Um, and it's uh, 75 IBUs in bitterness. So we'll see how that translates here once we start drinking it. So um, it's highly recommended in uh, this uh, web on their website. Um, it has a, a overall score of 100 points. Wow, that's great. So Jen, your cup. We Thank will. You. You know to give me the one with less. <laughs> we will uh, let you know what we think. So here is to oh. Old Rasputin. So let's oh my see. God. I could totally uh, tell it's barrel age, so that's very exciting. I actually um, took the the cup with, the, with most of the head because I tried to pour it without much head. <laughs> yeah. That's and it's a very thick head. It's good. Is it? It's Look, it's very good. <laughs> Give me more of it. <laughs> you know that out of all of us, Jen is the most skeptical of dark beers because uh, she's the newest beer drinker from all of us. And um, she was definitely, uh, when I told her it was a stout, she's like, okay, <laughs> I'll try it. Well, I got to say, it has those really uh, mm. uh, nice, nutty oak flavors yeah. um, mm. from the barrel age that we love. Um, I'm, I'm I a love barrel age beers. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of that as well. Um, there's uh, a toasty finish um, in the aftertaste. You know what I like about it? A lot of stout drinkers really, really like the um, the coffee flavor. Mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. stouts I'm not a coffee drinker so that actually is what turns me off mm -hmm. to stouts mm -hmm. this doesn't have an overwhelming it's a very flavorful flavor mm -hmm. but it's not it's not an overwhelming coffee flavor to me mm -hmm. and so I actually really like it a lot it it does I that's actually why I like it is that it tastes when I drank it, it tastes like it tasted like coffee. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my god, it's, uh -huh. like this is really good. But as I said, it has like a very nice, like nutty, yeah. full flavor. Yeah, and it's really, really good. I feel there's some chocolate in here. Definitely, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's delicious. Yeah, I, I think as a treat, I would definitely buy this this bottle and just just drink it all by myself. Netflix and chill. Nine percent. All by yourself. Oh, I'm yeah. all for it. Nice. Yes. <laughs> kind of like a, I think this is sort of like my equivalent to like you know how some women they they like to go buy a, a bottle of champagne, a, a bottle of champagne, or, wine, a, or um you know ice cream. You know. Like oh, a, you were going a completely different direction. <laughs> <laughs> like ice cream or or, or chocolate or whatever uh -huh. you know like that. Yeah. They're kind of like um. They're guilty pleasure. Oh, my God. This would be amazing over a scoop of vanilla ice cream. Yes. That's what <gasps> I was yes. getting at. Sort of yes. kind of the same. Yes. I think it 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 um it makes the, the synopsis in my head pop the way that chocolate or ice cream would do. Like, it, it has that kind of uh, guilty pleasure feel. Like, this is something that I can... Um, um, kids, if you're listening, close your ears right now. But this would be something that I could like. <laughs> what is she gonna say? <laughs> I'm gonna light some candles, put on some porn, and just have a good time by myself with one of these beers. You go through all the trouble of lighting candles first before that. Sometimes when I'm feeling like romantic. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
know, the, the scented candles, you know, really the oh light, the flickering light. I am, I'm a big fan of lighting. <laughs> I do pay a lot more effort than I would. Yes. <laughs> Most of the time, I just roll over, you know. But, but sometimes, like if I have a beer like this, I'm gonna make the effort to find the perfect money shot that I need. You know, I'm gonna go and then before before opening my bottle and you know going down. <laughs> like a, it's like a night out for myself. It's like a me time. Me time. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, that's funny. Mm, Already, I we just have little taster shot glasses. Yeah, you know, I I when you, you said you had a stout, I feel it. I, yes, yeah. I feel it yeah. already. I've only drank about half of my little shot glass size. Uh, Taster and I already feel warm mm-hmm. and um, the juices are flowing. Yes, very languid. Oh, oh, languid. That's a perfect yes. way to describe this. Yes, uh, English major. <laughs> <laughs> it's ex- it's excellent. I I want to take my time with it. That's how beautiful it is. It's like I want to make sweet love to it. <laughs> Oh it's, it's not Sticky Monkey, but it's yeah, right up there with it. It's up there with it. But it even kind of has a similar Yes, taste. it does. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Sticky Monkey is a sipping beer. Mm-hmm. Like, from a stinky, stinky, Sticky mm-hmm. Monkey, I take little sips of it and I enjoy it, but I can actually drink this like a beer. Mm-hmm. And yes, there is very similar notes and tastes. Uh, to Sticky Monkey, but this is a like a drink. I know it sounds bad that this is a drinkable uh, Stinky Monkey, Sticky Monkey, um, because I definitely would rate Sticky Monkey still on top of this, but it's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a different. This is definitely like I was saying. This is something that I would like take out on a date and buy dinner for. <laughs> you know, Sticky Monkey is the one that I'm gonna bang in the back of the back seat of the car. You know, <laughs> it's like that's the different. The difference for me. <laughs> I would have thought it would have been the reverse, but okay. yeah, me too. You know what? I, I me I, too. Because yeah, I, I thought of that compared to other beers, but then this one is sort of like a dark horse in the running. I just came by and said, "Hey," and I'm <laughs> like, I didn't know what to expect from this. Yeah. Then, so if you want to get laid quick, the Sticky Monkey is, is well. One. Also, Sticky Monkey is what like twelve ABV or something. Yes, it's it is. Very, yeah. very, yeah. very. Uh, yeah. You want you want that to hit quick. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hit it. And that one is uh, for twenty dollars. It's like a small bottle compared to this one. Mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. bottle is. Let me see. It's sixteen. Uh, sixteen fluid ounces. It's one one point point nine fluid ounces. Mm-hmm. So 16.9 fluid ounces. Um, So the bottle looks bigger than, I guess, what it really is. It's just a pint. Mm -hmm. Um, But the Sticky Monkey bottle is way smaller. Oh, it is. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I want to say it's like nine ounces or something. Mm -hmm. But, um, and for 20 bucks, and I'm not sure how much this costs. Just again, yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, again, because this was a, a gift, I don't know how much it costs. But I have to believe, since it was a Christmas gift, I uh, I don't think Hughes would be spending $20 per bottle. Yeah. Plus, he bought another bottle for me and a block of cheese. So that's Ooh. already yeah. too much. Wow. <laughs> so this definitely right. is... Uh, Hughes doesn't get the drag from me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this definitely is... Uh, I would say um, a great 
bargain to spend and uh, enjoy, mm-hmm. whether or not it's an evening with yourself uh, at <laughs> night or with friends, as we are doing right yeah, now. Doing right now. <laughs> it's delicious. So... Based on our, um, for those of you who, since we've been gone away for so long, may have forgotten, um, our beer rating system is a penis, and it is uh, the bottom, and I just want to say in defense of myself that I did not come up with this. This penis was in existence here way before I got here, <laughs> um, but <laughs> there's other, uh, in the studios there here, there are other podcasts that use uh, the facilities here, and this is their rating system that we have just adopted because it's um, so cute. Um, <laughs> um, the very bottom of the rating system is obviously flaccid. Flaccid is with two C's? Um, I don't think yes. so. Is it? Yes, is it? I believe it is. Let me look it up. It looks correct to me. Okay. Um, I just wrote it like the dictionary uh, pronunciation. Yeah, yeah. I've never, I guess I have never had to write it out. Thank mm-hmm. God. But <laughs> <laughs> it just looks wrong. But anyway. Yeah, two C's. Okay, flaccid. The, um, it starts at flaccid. So obviously flaccid is um, a beer that we just do not like at all. I would rate Miller Light, Bud Light, uh, any other. Uh, Anheuser-Busch beer, uh, a flaccid. (laughs) And then uh, we go up to initial, um, which would be uh, just a little bit step over uh, flaccid. And then partial, where you're you're starting to get the party started, but you still got a long way to go. Uh, And then from there, full. Where, I mean, you can do some damage with a full. Uh, and then at the top is rigid. I mean, uh, rigid is, I mean, you... Uh, You're excited. You, there, <laughs> there's not a lot more that you can ask for. But if you want to be greedy and you do want to ask for more, at the very, very, very tip top of our uh, beer rating system is Super Saiyan. Uh, which I did not know what that meant until I started here <laughs> rating beers uh, in the studios. But um, I would definitely, I mean, Sticky Monkey was Super Saiyan. Um, I would definitely rate this rigid. Um, at the top of uh, at the top of the line for sure. Um, but under Super Super Saiyan, Sticky Monkey, and also my absolute uh, favorite as well, which is um, the uh, Allagash Curio uh, air, Barrel Aged Beer, which is my favorite. Those two are Super Saiyans, but this for me is rigid. So I would drink this all day. And I have to say, not until I started rating beers here with Comadre C Comics did I start really appreciating porters and stouts. Nice. So... I will always thank you guys for that. <laughs> and so we're my, so will my beer uh, distributor uh, at, at Torrance, the Torrance Beer Cellar. Um, definitely check them out if you're there in the area. They have awesome, awesome, awesome beers all the time and free tastings on Friday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Again, um, beer Torrance Beer Cellar uh, mm-hmm. sponsorships available. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with Kristen on this. This is definitely a rigid. It's just missing that little bit of oomph mm. that really made it for Sticky Monkey. Mm-hmm. I am still developing my beer taste, 
So right now, Sticky Monkey is the only Super Saiyan beer for me. Yeah. Um, but this one is definitely up there. This one is definitely legit, and it's really good, and I really, really like it. I've drank about three ounces of it, and I'm warm and fuzzy, and, like, I feel so nice and relaxed. Same. <laughs> I have this, like, warmth in my gut right now mm -hmm. that is... And good. it's good. It's, it's good. It tastes so good. Mm -hmm. Well, this is Sarah, and I'm gonna rate it Super Saiyan only mm -hmm. because it's it's making me feel like I want to just open myself up like a flower. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's, it's just it's it's you know what I think if my when my husband comes home um, on the weekend of the of, uh, she already has the date. Um, <laughs> I think I'm gonna have one of these, and and we're we're gonna have a good night. <laughs> I think so. I think so. No, this this it has gotten the juices flowing. I feel all kinds of ways. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Every time she says, <laughs> <laughs> like it's I don't know. Like it's a. It's well, like, no, let me shoot this back like a shot. <laughs> It's like, it's like your body's a wonderland, <laughs> and I want to take a tour. I don't know, it's great. I love it. I really, thank you, Kristen. This is amazing. Well, thank, thank you. you, Michael Hughes. I hope you never listen to this podcast. Because <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> he, he actually is an employee at Heidi Hill Comics, and that would be a little inappropriate, but... Um, he uh, will definitely get a big, he's already gotten a thank you from me, but we'll definitely get a, a bigger thank you from both of you. I'll let them, him know that, um, the was beer amazing. was super appreciated. I'll tell him thanks. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Freaking amazing. I love it. I really do. It's, it's kind of like a, it's one of those like, like, uh, super saiyan that starts off really like, ha, me, and then it goes into super saiyan mode, ha, you know, it's. Perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. So yes, that that was our rating. Um, two fools and a rigid. Uh, no, two rigids and uh, and mm -hmm. super saiyan. Um, and now I guess we can <gasps> go into. <laughs> I know. Book For those of you listening, yes, we are still doing a book review. We've already talked like for a hundred hours, and we haven't got to our book review. So, but it is a great one this uh, this time around, and this is um, one of the creators that we met at the Latino Comics Expo. So hopefully we'll be able to get to a lot of the books that we've picked up uh, along the way there at the expo and um, share with you the stories of the people that we met and the books that we picked up and... Um, We've already, last uh, episode, did Santa Susia, and I know Jen and I and Sarah picked up multiple, so hopefully we have a lot more mm -hmm. in the future to share, but today's books, it's actually two books, and um, the first, it's, uh, the first one is Low Riders in 
Space. That's volume one, and it is by Kathy Camper and Raul the Third, who is actually Raul Gonzalez. Um, so Kathy um, was there. She was the one at the Latino Comics Expo, um, and Raul was not able to attend because um, they're both, I think, from uh, I don't know where Raul's from, but she's from up north. Yeah, she's from I believe like Oregon. Oregon. Or yeah, I think she was. Was it Portland or Seattle? I think Portland. Okay. I want to say Portland. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, Raul is from Boston. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so more East Coast. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it was maybe difficult for him to get out to the West Coast. But um, so Jen was sold. As soon as we were walking around the floor mm -hmm. together, and as soon as she saw us, she was like, oh, my God, I want to I want to read this book. So she stopped to talk to Kathy. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, if you want to, yeah, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the conversation you had with Kathy. So um, Kathy herself, I believe she is, uh, she's of Arab descent, and she met with Raul, uh, basically online, she had this idea, she wanted an artist, because she herself was just a writer, she wasn't an artist, and um, uh, she saw his work, and they decided to get in contact, and really, like, get this book going, and just what she told me, she says, uh, the book itself is focused on uh, lowriders, that's what, lowriders in space, and just, like, car culture, and everything yes. about that, and how she herself has always really liked it, and really fell in love with it, and, um... And it's so funny, because when you see Kathy herself, like, you would <laughs> never imagine yeah. that this woman, just looking at her, that that she would be totally into car culture, or mm -hmm. lowrider culture, for sure. She's a librarian, yeah. Yeah, she's um, a librarian, yeah. and, and she looks like a librarian. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, and so um, uh, she was really awesome. She was really cool. She was uh, she was very very excited to talk about her book. And yes, really, she was. And I really enjoyed my conversations uh, with her and how she how she went about creating the book and um, uh, her communications with Raul and everything. Uh, but I just I immediately fell in love with it when I saw the book because one I've I. South Central LA, I grew up, born yep. and raised. Mm -hmm. Of course, I love low riders. Yeah. <laughs> so like, and I used to be super, super into them. Me and my brother both. Uh, like we would buy the magazines. We would watch. Uh, we would really. We would buy the magazines. See, we would watch. I would, wow. I would <laughs> I would never think that about you. Me either. It's like so cool though. I have like I have old like you know, with the with the naked ladies. It was not yeah, naked, yeah. but like like I had to, I had to do it on the down low. Yeah. Honestly, and why are you that surprised? I'm happy. <laughs> like, even, even before then, even oh yeah, here's Jen. I'm so into the car culture. <laughs> all, all the books with the naked ladies. <laughs> uh, but I was. I really, I really, I really did. Uh, I, I love learning about lowriders, about like how to like outfit a car and everything, and um, um just the, everything that went into car into cars. And I've been, uh, I haven't been to a car show in a really long time, but I kind of miss it. And mm -hmm. reading that book, kind of like it was, it was a bit like a bit of like a hit of nostalgia because I just. I was like, like reading magazines. We would have to share the magazine with my brother, and one he would have to be the one to go and buy it because I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> and we had to hide it from our mom, because uh -huh. um, um, she was just like, she thought they were like devil books or whatever. And she was like, <laughs> she's like, why do you want a car? They're like, why do you like those cars? They're dumb. They're ridiculous. They're only for cholos, and we're like, but they're cool. <laughs> and um, um, car detailing and everything. 
And so I was immediately sold on the, on the concept. And um, um, but uh, and I believe I said this once when um, uh, when we were when we first read um, uh, Maggie the Mechanic mm-hmm. and I'm reading about it, and I said that it's like reading a friend. That's what this book felt like to me because it just everything about how the ca- the main characters loves for cars mm-hmm. and the the dedication that they really want is they want to make their own car outfit it and just how everything was done the artwork the way wh- where they're living and everything it was like I was. 12 again and running with my brother trying to try trying <laughs> trying to trying to hail down the low riders and be like we're just shouting your car is cool <laughs> that's so cute <laughs> this is what we used to do because uh-huh. um, um where we used to live a lot of low riders would pass by on their way because we lived about two blocks from where they would do impromptu car shows mm-hmm. of like guys with their low riders yeah. and this was like the guys who looked to like cholas and everything but man we really liked their cars <laughs> <laughs> and we were like 10 11 12 and we were just like you just see these kids running around and they're just like shouting your low riders are cool that's and they so would cute them, they would they, like they would make their cars like yeah, jump, jump, yeah. Jump and everything and they would we'd just be like super excited and um uh it was it wasn't just me and my brother. It was us and our cousins as well. Yeah, and a bunch of neighborhood kids. We would all like run out and try to see the lowriders passing by, and it was just like it was. This is such a cute story. Blast from the past. And I have to say that as I was reading the first volume, Lowriders in Space, I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know about your lowrider uh, thing <laughs> as a kid, but space is space, definitely yeah. your thing. Space is and so my I was thing. like, oh my gosh, Jen, I, and I can see why mm-hmm. she loves this book. So yeah, it was just not only just about the lowriders, but everything about it, the the extent, like, and you can tell this book was written by a librarian, by somebody with like a, a background in in literature yeah. and everything because from the way how they outfit the car and the descriptions of everything how they take the fly 80s the exaggeration yes. <laughs> and uh, everything about it I just love this book it's like and as, as I'm talking about it like I just all these details are coming back to me right now of everything that I really like from the description of the cars how they how they stole a few rings from stuff yeah. <laughs> to, to, to stripe the car how they stole um, uh, Orion's belt yes. <laughs> to, to put on the hood on the on the, not on the hood, but on the top of the car, yeah. and how they lost their steering wheel, so they took the Pleiades, the mm-hmm. Seven Sisters, and used that as their steering wheel. I loved everything about that, and it's just this book is so amazing. Yeah, and it was just like, and if it didn't, if I couldn't tell you on the fact that it was, if it was like reading my childhood and everything <laughs> that I that I wanted it, it's just it is a great. I think it is a good literary book. It really is, and this is Kristen. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, specifically the fact that um, Kathy is not Latino, um, but the artist, art, it, the artist is. You might be like, oh, like, oh, whatever. It's just a story, and it's mm-hmm. uh, like, you know, I'm still gonna support, but it's the, you know, the artist is Latino. But there's so much of Latino culture in this book. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Oh my gosh. She, as the writer, and maybe as the writer and the artist collaborated, I don't know what their process is, 
but there is so many. There's lots of quote unquote Spanglish mm-hmm. in the book. Um, you're reading a sentence, and all of a sudden, there's a Spanish word that's thrown in there, and on top of it. All the Spanish words have the definitions of them at the bottom of that page. Mm-hmm. So this is um, this is a book that is um, uh, considered juvenile fiction. It's all ages appropriate, I think. There's um, definitely, a, definitely um, a book that you can read um, to a younger child who doesn't know how to read yet or just let a child read on their own. But... Um, there's, it's just especially, I think, um, the fact that there's so much Latino culture enmeshed, not only in the fact that these are low riders and that those are, you know, that is part of a lot of Latino Chicano culture, but just um, a lot of the things that the main characters talk about and things that they reference and how they dress. And how they dress. It's just so, and, and then the next book is Lowriders to the Center of the Earth. And, of course, no uh, no Latinx book is complete without a reference to uh, to Lucha Libre. Yeah. And so there's a whole story revolving around that in the second story, in yeah. the second uh, book. Not only that, I love the dedication in the, to the culture, to the, to the asset gods and yes. the research. You can tell that she researches a lot uh-huh. of that stuff because some of it even I did. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so it was like... It's very educational. Very educational, super well done. And it's just that... Uh, and the designs, I absolutely love the yes. designs in this book. Um, I felt it was a throwback to kind of like a Felix the Cat kind of feel on the characters. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Um, the animation, um, I love the fact that they actually use a medium in their artwork um, for the pages. Um, they use um, colored pencils mm. as opposed to inks. No? Colored pens. Colored pens. It's They're all ballpoint pens. Everything about my mind has been blown. Yeah, because I don't know if you noticed some of the shading, yes, the crisscrossing. Yes, Mm -hmm. and I'm just like that takes so much time. He talks about it in the back of one of the books. I'm not sure which one, but he talks about it to being the throwback to a lot of the artwork that he used to see in the back of those lowrider magazines. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so he he consciously made that decision um, to uh, to do the, the these books uh, in that uh, kind of um, medium of using the ballpoint. So it's all blue, black, and red yes. ballpoint pens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can yeah, see that. It looks freaking amazing. Yes. In, in the second book, they throw in more colors, some green, some yellow, but it's all still done in pens. Mm-hmm. And um, Lowriders to the Center of the Earth, they actually want the Pura Pelbre Award for it. Mm-hmm. So, which is like a small, like, independent, like, award that's done, but it was done for the artwork. And it was, uh, it, yeah, winner of the Pura, of the Pura Pelbre Award for illustration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you think, you, you think ballpoint pen, and then you see the actual art and it blows your freaking mind absolutely mm-hmm. there's so many layers to it it's um um like if you really look at it there's so many layers and so much depth in within the drawings as uh, not only in the items that are being drawn but the layers of shading and stuff mm-hmm. it's really breathtaking yeah and maybe you're not a fan of kind of like an old style kind of cartoon uh, Felix the Cat kind of per se, but it this stuff 
totally blows your mind. As soon as you open the book, you're just like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, when I just flipped through it before I started reading it, I was like, oh, you know, whatever. But the story, in addition to the art, was just, like, so freaking amazing. Like, I was telling Jen that I kind of put off reading the books because um, it was the holidays, and I was just like, ugh, I'm... There's two books this time, and I was just, like, felt so overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. But it's, I was not even halfway through the first book that I was like, oh, my God, this is so amazing. And mm-hmm. I just – and it's a quick read because it is juvenile fiction. And mm-hmm. so it is um, – I think the, the setup and the layout of the books mm-hmm. are very easily digestible um, for that uh, – to be able to be easily read for a younger age group. Mm-hmm. But it is so relevant to any age group. I think, and um, I definitely was like, oh my god, I wish I would have read this soon. <laughs> and we haven't mentioned it yet, but um, the story is set in kind of a, it's like a fantastical world, um, mm-hmm. there's some world building around the um, uh, around the characters. Um, the main char- the main characters are three uh, three characters who all um, have an affinity for lowriders and they want to open their own uh, their own garage mm-hmm. to work on cars. Their own body shop. And their own body shop. And off the bat, I was so excited and happy about the fact that the female character was the mechanic. Yeah, mechanic extraordinaire. Yes, a mechanic. So her name is Lupe Impala, mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and she's so awesome. Um, and just her the the way that she is drawn and her big hoop earrings mm-hmm. and just yeah. everything, her crop top and her, <laughs> it's just so awesome and amazing. Um, I love it all. Um, Flapjack Octopus is the um, fantastic car cleaner. He's like the the one that... The polishing. Yeah, the polishing. And all the like the waxing of the car. Yeah. Detailing. Yeah. Yeah. And he is an octopus. It's so so cute in um, the one where they go to the center. Was it the center of the earth or is it the one where he's in his water... um, uh, starts to evaporate, evaporate yeah, and so further. yeah, and and, uh, and he's sitting in his little quote unquote bucket seat <laughs> because he has to stay wet. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just he's so cute. I loved him a lot. And then the third one is Illyrio Malaria, uh, which uh, is a of all things a little mosquito who uh, he's uh, uh, the detailer like of inside of like the in the car and de- car. and detailing the like artwork. pinstripes and artwork and stuff like that mm-hmm. um he uses his his, his beak his beak or yeah. his little whatever it is that mosquitoes yeah. bite you finger, with yeah. yes yeah. to paint mm-hmm. uh-huh and uh, it's it said that there is a uh, not a steadier hand than his beak it's yes. like it's yes. just so on point um i i have uh this is sarah and i love this book as well at first i was like okay it's two books <laughs> and, then, and then when I finally opened it, I thought, <clears throat> where is this going, you know? Mm-hmm. As far I was like, what, are, what am I going to see? What am I going to read? Like, you know, because I flipped through the pages first, and I was like, really take, I, I love the art. It was like really cool. But then I started to read the story, and the first book is like a, um origin story. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So you kind of, you find out how they got their car. Yeah. You find out 
who they are and what they're good at and their relationship between each other, their friendship, Mm -hmm. which I really love. I love their friendship. It's really, really nice. It's really well balanced. I love it. It would be a great book to read to your kids. And then uh, you find the origin story of where the car comes from and how it came to be and why they were motivated to do it. Mm-hmm. So I love that story. But I have to say that my the second book was my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, go, you know, like um, which is <coughs> Low Riders to the Center of the Earth. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the use of of uh, the culture. Uh, there's the cat. Who yes, I was gonna say their little cat. <laughs> their little cat. cat who, yeah. He's actually a god called yes. Tope Yot. Uh-huh. And I'm, I couldn't say it, so I'm just like, I write it down to a way that Phonetically. I could. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then um, they they meet the uh, the god of the underworld uh, who has a bunch of eyes on his mm-hmm. chest. And mm-hmm. on their trek to find their cat in the underworld, they come across the chupacabras, yes. la mm-hmm. llorona. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's just really cool. And I think the referee in, in the um, quadrilateral. Oh, my God. Was, uh, ch- uh, the woman was... But La Llorona. Yes. Yeah. Because, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Did yeah. it just click? Yes. Oh, wow. I mean, she was crying all the damn time, but I didn't make the connection until right now. And they rep, they, they call, they actually at some point, like, told, said, okay, Yorona or something, but, like, it, that's just like a quote-unquote term in, of endearment. My grandmother used to call me that all the time, or my mom used to call me. Actually, my mother used to call me Chiona, but, <laughs> um, but uh, oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think, uh, like I said, the uh, the referee from in the wrestling um, uh Quadrilatero was um, Cantinflas, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, and the, the octopus, the flapjack octopus. Yes. he has this like uh, the hat. chavo del ocho uh-huh. hat, you know the little. And at, in one of the scenes, you notice he had the doll. Oh, yeah, yes. he had the little doll. Yeah. I so, thought that was so cute. So for you to tell me that the writer isn't. Latino, I'm just like, man, you really hit a home run with this because you, she got like minuscule yes. details. Yes. That I don't know how, but she did, and I was just like, it's like reading part of my childhood, mm-hmm. like Jen said. Mm-hmm. So I, I, my favorite was the second one, um, the the God of the Underworld. Uh, what was his name? Um, it was, uh, Meek Meek <laughs> But it's just um, the, the, and, and, the, and the one part I thought was really awesome was like when they were going to the center of the earth and, and then you see the um, the Aztec calendar is like I am the center and one of the things I like is that I don't know if you noticed but there's like a cactus plant on his forehead and I'm just like that's kind of like a little nod because uh, they call like people that are born in the U.S. that are from Mexican or Latino parents they're like when they don't speak uh, Spanish, they call me, uh, but tienes el nopal en la frente. Like, you have, yeah, oh. uh, yeah. so I thought that was kind of a little nod to, like, uh, American-Mexican yeah. culture. Maybe uh-huh. maybe I'm, you know, overthinking it, but I that's what I thought. I thought it was a little nod to, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, and the God of Honor, his name is Miklan Tejcutli. 
Thank you. That was way better than that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. With the T with the T L uh, pronunciation, I thought that was really cool. This I is why I'm adamant about saying Ishalon instead of Ixalan. I know she gets mad at me because <laughs> <laughs> the Magic the Gathering set that's out uh, right now is I X A L A N, and I say Ixalan. I know everybody says. It. I know that the X is not. The ec- in in Spanish or in whatever language that <laughs> it is is not pronounced like it is in English, but I just say it like that, and she gets it home. <laughs> <laughs> I get mad. At, to be fair, I get mad at everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and then he was trying to be like, he's just like, no, it's Ixalan, and I'm just like, no, it's Ixalan, Ixalan and you can't yeah. tell me any different. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next uh, set is Rivals of, of Ixalan, so <laughs> she has another three months of being annoyed and mad. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, this was an amazing book. I uh, like I said, my favorite was the second book. Yeah, for sure. I loved them both. I I loved. I mean, both of these books you could read um, independently in and of themselves without mm-hmm. any problems of understanding. And you know, they do a good job in the second book of uh, talking about uh, covering what happened in the first first book. But I loved that. Uh, the origin story of them and how they worked together to get their own um, to get their own garage and then they went to space and the origin of their car I thought it was I loved them both um, I loved that both of them had such deep roots in um, lowrider culture and, which is just by default Chicano and Latino culture mm-hmm. um, I loved that the um, that the characters all of the characters um, spoke in um, Spanish slash, en- slash English. Um, I loved that there was a glossary in the back of both books um, highlighting a lot of the um, of the Spanish words and then also some of the Spanish uh, or some of the um, cultural concepts uh, and explaining that. I mean there is the art is amazing. There was nothing about this book that I did not um, love and uh, even Kathy's little Description to Jen in the be- in the oh, yeah. front. oh my gosh the the first one was uh, what bajito y suavecito <laughs> I loved that and then the other one was um was it gato what was you, it you got to be yeah you got to be kidding me yeah I thought that was so cute yeah. <laughs> and I didn't I didn't understand the the you know the the what she wrote until I read the story yes. and I was like oh my god that's so cool uh-huh. so yeah I didn't read the inscription until after I read the story. I was like, oh my god, that's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, just like when we rent, uh, when we read um, uh, Monty Gomez. It's a luchador, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I want all the swag. I want all the swag for these books. I want Lupa's shirt. Uh, yeah, with the with the with the eagle on it. Oh, yeah. Yes. It kind of reminded me a little bit about Wonder Woman. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I really want it, and I can get hoop earrings anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I already own a pair, so <laughs> really cute. It sort of it reminds me of a little bit of the um, that band, uh, Spanish Batman or. Latino Batman, Chicano ba- Batman, Chicano Batman. Uh-huh. The lo- their logo, it's it, sort of similar to her logo on the her T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So I, I'm sure it has some kind of um, cultural relevance that I still don't know, but it, it's pretty awesome. I just loved these books. I'm so excited um, if they continue with this story and with these characters. 
Um, I just have so much good stuff to say and want to recommend this to everybody to read. Um, if you have any kids uh, that you want to get into reading, definitely this is uh, a book that I would recommend. If you just want to read a cool story, no matter what your age is, I recommend this book. Um, I loved it so much. So for me, if we're ready to actually uh, rate the book, I would give it three conchas and a big cup of champurrado um, and... Uh, Anything else that comes uh, along with uh, with that. I just, I loved it a lot. There was nothing about it that I didn't like. Well, I'm going to agree with Kristen. That's exactly my same rating. I really loved it. Like I said, it's a great book to read to your kids. Um, I love the little glossaries um, on the bottom where it explains what the Spanish word that they were, mm -hmm. they were incorporating in the story meant. Um, I think it's really well done. I love, love the artwork. So, yes, yes. my rating. The art. It's uh, Three Conchas and a Cup of Champurrado. Yeah. Same here. Uh, three Conchas, a Cup of Champurrado, the origin of my yeast. Um, <laughs> 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 all of it. I absolutely adore this book. It is, if, you, if you've ever loved lowriders, and if you're Latino, you've definitely loved <laughs> uh, You like artwork and just um, uh, anything like about space or just like about mythology. Yes. And, like just about the culture, la raza. Yeah. <laughs> This is this is an excellent book, and I think it's really good, and it's something that you can easily read to kids, to siblings, to um, um, to daughters, sons, whatever, or just anybody. It's such a great book. Yes, I highly recommend it. Absolutely. So uh, there is. Um, I'm going to say that there is some. Uh, information about getting the books in the back of of the books I thought I saw. There. Oh, here we go. It's uh. Oh, actually, no. This is for a list of sources and works cited. Please visit chroniclebooks.com/lowridersinspace. That's actually kind of interesting. That she lists all of uh. They list all of their resources. She really is a librarian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And um, uh, but yeah, they're they're done via Chronicle Books. If we can get these books, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I might want to reach out to her personally mm -hmm. to uh to ask her about her. getting them. Yeah. Oh yeah. So she, Kathy, is a librarian. Um, in. It says she reviews graphic novels online for Lambda Literary and is a librarian for the Multnomah County Library, yes, in Portland, Oregon. Um, and she does outreach. Oh, my gosh, in the little the little skeleton of her. That is totally what she looks like. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's funny. That's, exactly that's so like. cute. And then Raul III teaches classes on drawing and comics for kids at the Museum of Fine Arts in Boston. Um, so... Uh, they talk about um, in the back of both of the books they have some acknowledgments and author's notes and um, I think it was in the first one where Raul talked about his choice for using the ballpoint pens. Mm -hmm. This is a note from the artist. It says, uh, I have been drawing for most of my life and I love it because anyone anywhere can do it. Drawing requires the simplest tools. Cavemen use sticks with burnt tips to create detailed drawings of the lives they live directly onto the walls of their caves. 
When I was a young boy, I would spend hours dreaming up worlds using ballpoint pens on paper bags or newsprint. I didn't have professional tools. I didn't need them. Ballpoint pens can be found just about anywhere. Sometimes I found mine on the sidewalk, or local businesses gave them away for free with their names written along the side. I still get them this way. I decided to draw lowriders in space with red, blue, and black ballpoint pens to revisit the excitement I felt as a kid whenever I drew. Where do you get your ballpoint pens, and what kind of drawings do you like to make? I thought that was cool. So you were saying, where can we find these books? So if you, yes, if you wanted to order your own copies of Lowriders in Space or Lowriders to the Center of the Earth, you can go to chroniclebooks.com, and they have available, that's their publisher, it looks like, and they have available um, the hardcover of Lowriders in Space and also the paperback of Lowriders in Space, and um, I'm assuming also both for Lowriders to the Center of the Earth and the hardcover is $22.99 and the soft cover paperback is $9.99 and it's worth all of your monies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely going to buy that hardcover one because, uh, well, I you can already tell how much I love this book because the binding kind of broke. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I need a new one. <laughs> so I'm going to get that hardcover definitely. Nice. Yeah, I hope they come back next year to the Latino Comics Expo because I, I mean, I want to reach out to them and let them know that we reviewed the book and listened to our our podcast and listened to the review, but definitely would love to see them in person and and, uh, talk to them about how much we love it. Excellent. All right, guys, so now it's time for On My Radar with Sarah. All from right. Comadres y Comics. <laughs> <laughs> and that's me, guys. Um, so just a little thing. I was uh, scrolling through our Instagram, and actually Coco wins Best Animated Feature at the Golden Globes. <gasps> Best Animated Feature? feature? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Um, I was posting a picture of our, of our, of our food and, and drink, and I ran across that post from Lalo Alcaraz on yes. Instagram. So oh, that's awesome. Congratulations. Yes. Well deserved. Excellent, excellent. And um, on my radar is, uh, y- you know, just you were just talking about the Latino Comics Expo. There's going to be one at the Brownsville, Texas. Tickets are um, $5 for the student discount and $8 for adults. It's on February 3rd and February 4th in Brownsville, Texas. It's at Brownsville Museum of Fine Arts, and um, it's February 3rd and 4th. Now, I wanted to hopefully maybe go, but uh, the tickets are kind of ridiculous. And uh, To the actual expo, or you mean flights? Yeah, flights. Oh, flights. yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, the expo <laughs> came on, I was like, this Road is great. Trip. Yeah. yeah, I'll sleep in my car. It doesn't matter. Um, but... Um, uh, road trip, I think, is 16 hours. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, uh, you're gonna have to sell me on the idea of Texas. I don't think Texas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, until, until I'm literally there, and I don't want to be there. <laughs> well, first of all, she doesn't drive, so it would be eight hours. Eight hours. I actually love driving. I don't mind it at all. <laughs> <laughs> and flight-wise, it was um, like three hundred and seventy-five dollars. Mm. But then there's a like a one to two-hour layover um. from Austin to Brownsville, which I cannot get around my wrap my head around.
around that. Yeah. So um, it looks like I'm not going to go. <laughs> but um, there's going to be a lot of great um, people. A lot of Lorcaras is going to be there. Mm-hmm. I know that for sure. Uh, I know Guille, uh, one of the Hernandez brothers, but I can't remember mm. which one. Um, so, yeah, that's... Huh? Gilbert? Gilbert, yeah, I believe so, yes. Or Beto. No, I think it's Gilbert, yeah. Well, no, they call him Beto. Yeah, <laughs> he calls, he, he, that's his, his family nickname, Beto. Oh. Okay. <laughs> uh, yes, so he's going to be there, and um, so that's on my radar. What is also on my radar is season two of Legion is coming out April uh, in April, and there's oh. going to be a yeah, there's going to be a future uh, jump into the future, like I think a year into the future for the new season. I never made it past episode like two or three. I didn't know what the heck was going on, and I was like, I can't, I I this can't. This is a thinking show. Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, that's but after I tried to watch it and was like, no, I'm over it, is when I read the book, and the book actually was like super good. I loved it a lot, mm-hmm. and in fact, it's the one that we kept trying to read for um, for one of the episodes because there's a Latino, is it artist? Artist, yeah. yeah. I don't remember who it is, but we could still do it. But it's so good. Yeah. That was um, not no, for, we not for the podcast. No, no, oh, for the... We did it for the um, discussion group, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so reading the book actually made me want to go back and oh, try gosh. to watch it again. But I, it feels like work to me because mm-hmm. of the thinking that I feel like I have to put towards watching it. So I just have put it off. Yeah, it's definitely a show that you don't want to... You can't do anything else yet. But just you have to you watch have to it. Pay yeah. Attention, yeah. It, it, little things that, you know, will make sense in future episodes kind of thing. Um, there's a new actor who's going to be playing the Shadow King, and they have dropped Brian Singer as an executive, executive producer on the show. Oh, so. thank God. <laughs> <laughs> so that's exciting news. Um, also, I wanted to... Um, take a moment to a, a nod of acknowledgement to Marvel's Runaways mm-hmm. on Hulu. Um, I believe it was the season finale this last episode, and it was just mind blowing. So um, hats off to them; they're doing a really good job. Um, uh, nice to know they're doing something right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so that was really cool. Wait, who Marvel or who? Yeah, Marvel. <laughs> I, uh, Marvel Hulu is doing everything right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Marvel. And in just in, in the coattails of Jen's um, Chisme de la Semana on Shira, um, there is also a documentary on Netflix that's called the um, the Toys That Shaped Us. I keep seeing that every time I go on to Hulu, they recommend that for me. I'm like, oh, this sounds really kind of interesting. <laughs> it is amazing. I think it's a three or four part. Um, they touch on the He-Man toys, which was a mind-blowing, eye-opening experience for me because my brother, he used to collect those and how She-Ra was incorporated into that. So that's a really interesting episode to watch. They uh, delve into Barbie, uh, G.I. Joe, um, and what else? Oh, of course, the Star Wars. Oh, the very first episode is Star Wars. Mm. So uh, there's a lot of very interesting things. Yeah. Um, Mattel used to be on Hoth- in Hawthorne. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of great stories uh, that you, it's it's super interesting. That's definitely on my radar, and it should be on yours, too, because I binged all, all four back-to-back. It was so that good. That sounds super interesting. Yeah. And I know. I grew up with Barbies, and I would steal my brother's G.I. Joe toys <laughs> because... 
of reasons. <laughs> <laughs> but I never really grew up with Star Wars toys or the He-Man toys mm-hmm. because they were a lot of them were already like out of like yeah. when I was born they were out of date and um, all that stuff. I grew up with like they were already antiques. You don't give children antiques. Even then, well, I definitely remember uh, when I was working for Diamond Comics. We we went on our uh, professional badges to comic concerts before it blew up, where you can just basically like yeah. end a work day and drive down to San Diego and get into yeah. the comic con and park underneath, underneath the convention, the convention yep. center. It was those were the days, guys. Yeah. Um, but I remember they were trying to reboot. Uh, He-Man again, and we uh, we ended up. This was before they limited how many times you could enter a contest. So we just sat there and filled out a bunch of these little half. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and we just put them all in there, and we actually won a statue of He-Man for our friend who drove us there. Oh wow, oh, that was nice. really cool. And then, oh my gosh, somebody that I know in real life that has actually won something like <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> And then, because we filled so many out, they uh, they were raffling on many of these uh, human toys or statues and stuff um, that uh, the same guy won again, but because he went up there to accept the first <gasps> one, we had to switch our tag, uh, and we had my brother wear it, and he went up to accept yeah, the yeah, tag. Yeah. But those prizes were, uh, they were kept by the guy who actually drove us yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they, um, it was uh, it was a really wonderful try to reboot, and now, as a matter of fact, He-Man, uh, the action figures has their own con, it's called PowerCon. Yeah. Really? And all this information is on that documentary. There's some amazing information in wow. there. So if you want to be in the know, and if these they talked about My Little Ponies and Bronies, and not, not yet, not yet. Okay. So I'm hoping there's going to be another season, maybe that they're going to go into that. But um, GI so Joe, those are, the uh, that shaped us. I think those are still kind of shaking out. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll see the the toys of the future or something like that. Yeah, like I, I, we, the only original My Star Little Pony has been around for a while. Yeah, yeah, since the 90s. Yeah, it has been around for a while. I know my little sister used to watch it all the time, and I would watch it with her. <laughs> After the the like sixth time I heard Twilight Sparkle, I was just like, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I went to go see the la- latest movie with my niece, and it was only she and I. We went to like an 11 o'clock showing. We were the only ones in the theater, and I literally was on Facebook the entire Oh, so wow. I got snippets of the movie, but um, well, you liked it, didn't but you? I enjoyed what I saw actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really interesting. Like you said, you know, uh, I was far too young to experience the original Star Wars toys. Um, the only original Star Wars toys we have is a Rancor. Um, that kind yeah. of monster that was in the pit when yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's the only one we have but we were really in 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 the thick of it all for He-Man, Barbie, GI Joe. Yeah. Um, but when Barbie's still going strong. Yeah, but oh, there's yeah. The, the, the 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 transitions that it went through. It's a really interesting in yeah, the documentary. Yeah, that was interesting. Like the transition of Barbie and like how she was limited and then they. Now she's like everything under the sun. She's mm-hmm. a doctor. She's a <laughs> yeah. They totally touch yeah. on all of that. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, one of the things that my 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 brother and I did, we would go to the swamp meets and we started collecting He-Man toys. 
when we were in our when I was in my early 20s so I mean that kind of wow. stuff doesn't go away like yeah. I know I have boxes of like Battle Cat and She-Ra oh, and wow. Tila and the, the uh, yeah I totally did okay, so I want to see that one yeah <laughs> it was so cool so yeah I mean that it was a real great throwback so that's on my radar guys cool yeah nice well, this is Kristen, and I am doing Juntos y Fuertes today, but I actually also have an on my radar that I wanted to share with everybody before I went into my Juntos y Fuertes, and my on the radar is a comic book that came out this week called Exit Stage Left, The Snagglepuss Chronicles. Now, this book is an addition to, um, it's a DC book, and it is an addition to their line of Hanna-Barbera books that they've mm-hmm. been uh, printing and publishing over the last year or so. That are surprisingly yes. good. Yes. So I have not read Flintstones, but I've heard that it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I've read um, Scooby Apocalypse. I'm not up to date, but what I read is really good. Mm-hmm. I really liked it a lot, and it's the one that I continued. I probably read all the way up to like about issue 11. Um, and yeah, I read the Jetsons. Yes, I've heard yeah. Jetsons is really good. Really, really good. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and just to give you an idea, I guess issue one of the Jetsons like revolves around a story of like Leroy trying to commit suicide or something mm. crazy. So that's uh, that gives you kind of an idea of like ha- these are they're Hanna Barbera characters, but the stories are super deep and like dark and really like interesting. So, um, and Scooby Apocalypse is just like it sounds. It's the Scooby gang um, in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. Mm -hmm. Uh, And um, it's just, uh, it's really well written. I can't remember who the writers or the uh, artists are, but I highly recommend it. But this is Snagglepuss. Um, For those of you who might not remember the Hanna-Barbera character of the big pink, um, was it a lion or? It looks like a cat. No, he's, but he's a... I think a puma or something. Some big cat. I don't. I don't know yeah. if it's a, it's a lion or a, a jaguar, jaguar or something. But he's big and pink. Leopard <laughs> or something like that. But um, this just a really quickly. Um, Snagglepuss Chronicles is the story of um, Snag- Snagglepuss's story um, of him being a gay playwright in the early 1950s. I believe um, if he's he's in New York or uh, I want to say that they're talking about Broadway on here but um, so good so far issue number one is so good Um, and uh, he is a gay playwright where um, they've already introduced his wife in this Mm -hmm. first issue um, because he's living in the closet Um, but there is some underlying political stuff going on where they are trying to plan to basically out him um, to kind of get uh, to some uh, political end Um, it was really good I really enjoyed it a lot and I think that the writers um, are really trying to make it relevant to a lot of the stuff that's going on um, now. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's a panther. Yeah? Pink. Yeah. Is, he's a pink panther? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but definitely on my radar. Definitely check it out. Um, number one just came out this week, uh, which is January, what was this week? January 3rd? 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do still have some issues at the shop. So, um, however, wherever your LCS is or however you attain your comic books, definitely um, go and read it because you need to have um, a gay panther slash lion slash <laughs> some, kind of, some kind of big cat in your life. Juntos y fuertes. I have on my um, list of things to talk about today is something that we all should support, and that is the Black Panther movie theater release coming out in February, which, uh, what is it, February 18th? I don't know why 18th, oh, 15th. Um, 15th uh, is the release, and I am so stoked about this movie. I cannot wait. I hope that I see every little girl dressed as a Dora Milaje member at Halloween this year. Um, So I came across a GoFundMe uh, today for a Black Panther party. There is a woman, Bryn Walker, who is local to Los Angeles, who is trying to buy out an evening at the El Capitan Hollywood. Wow. She wants to get together uh, like-minded people, all comic book fans, Marvel fans, Black Panther fans, to, and I think I first originally saw um, her, I, I'm, I believe to Nerds of Color group online, and I'm not sure if that's where I originally got in contact with her or saw her post, but this GoFundMe is brand new today. Today is January 7th, and it was just um, posted. It's uh, it's on GoFundMe, and it's just called Black Panther Party, and we can, um, we can share the link on our Facebook page. But um, it's been up for three hours, so it's super, super uh, new. And um, she is trying to raise enough money, like I said, to rent out a night at the El Capitan. Um, The goal that she has on here, apparently it costs $37,350 to rent out a night at El Capitan. But with that money um, is going to be um, included a full theater staff um, that will be there taking care of the group. And every person who buys a ticket gets a 20-ounce drink, a tub of popcorn, and a souvenir bucket. So you don't get, and you get to watch the movie. So um, one ticket, and it is the El Capitan. It's always awesome and amazing to watch a movie in this historical theater in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, so one ticket is $28. Um, and a pair of tickets, face value is $56. So those are the uh, suggested donations. Um, you have, uh, I guess... Until when it doesn't say how long it's going to be up, it just started today. So um, so far, seven people have um, have donated in the last three hours. Um, and there's also a um, button. There is a level for people who are out of town who won't necessarily be able to attend, but want to support this um, awesome thing that she's trying to do. And um, there's a, a little level for five dollars if you're out of town that you just want to support this. So um, I, 
have um, followed her group of Black Panther. Um, it's kind of a funny story. Somehow it just showed up on my timeline that she was she created an event on Facebook mm. that was like, uh, let's go to Black Panther together. And she was talking to her own group of friends. But she made the event public. Oh, wow. And so it showed up on my timeline. And I'm like, yeah, I'm interested. Well, apparently, and so I've been following, and apparently she was like, um, she didn't realize what her mistake was, and like thousands of people started responding. She's like, um, I don't know all you guys, but uh, <laughs> let's, yes, let's go make a, a fun thing of this. So that has now evolved into her trying to do this. So just because she is, um, she's a black woman who is super excited to see this movie, uh, Full cast of over almost 100% black actors um, were the women. The black women are super uh, awesome and uh, uh, powerful. powerful. Yes. So she really is, uh, I think, going full force for this. So I definitely think it is um, worth it for us to include this on our Juntos y Fuertes of saying that this is definitely something that is worth uh, some support. So GoFundMe, Black Panther Party, we will include the link on our Facebook. And um, definitely I'm going to try to go. It's February 15th. Um, that I think is the first showing um, is on February 15th, and she wants to try to make it that very first show. So, um, yeah, so yeah, totally. I buy a pair of tickets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, what that that's the uh, I think February 15th. Uh, the 14th is a Wednesday, so that's a Thursday. I'm completely open, actually. So, yeah, let's make it happen. Let's make it so <laughs> awesome. That's wonderful. All right, guys, so I guess this brings us to the end of our show. Yes, it does. Dun, dun, dun. Any shout-outs, any information that you guys want to put out there? I'll start since I'm already ready. <laughs> um, uh, this is Sarah, and I wanted to shout out um, uh, Interview with a Nerd is a podcast um, that is uh, that is. Also related to comic books, movies, and um, the nerd culture, and um, it's a very, very wonderful podcast. I really enjoyed it, and I was asked to review Coco on it, and I had a great time. So give them a listen. It's amazing. That's what I'm shouting out. Cool. And we actually met Richard mm -hmm. uh, at our um, Quinta event. He oh, came. Yes, he came down. He came. He's um. He was. Rec He's a friend of Sebastian's, who is the creator of Quinta, and um, he came and he met us, and he was such a cool, awesome guy, and now a, a supporter of Comadres y Comics, so definitely want to give our support right back to him. Absolutely. Great guy. Really great show. Take a listen. I love it. I binged like three episodes at one time. Super good. Cool. So I want to definitely shout out to Michael Hughes, our beer angel of the evening. <laughs> Good job, Michael. Uh, we love you. Uh, 
And um, also, please follow us on Instagram at Comadres e Comics. And um, we will definitely reply and respond. We have an email, comadresecomics at gmail.com. If you have any questions or um, those sponsorships that you want <laughs> to, to give us, um, we will definitely um, uh, return any correspondence that you have. Um, also, special shout out to our one uh, iTunes review. <laughs> yes. Please contact us to get your prize. Thank you so much. And um, um, I don't have anybody to shout out to. This is Jen, by the way. And we, uh, if you want to know more about what we're up to or more ways to communicate with us, you can follow us on Twitter at Comic Comadres. Yes. And we also have a Snapchat. Yes. I love those Snapchat filters. And, oh, my gosh, I was looking at my Snapchat the other day, and I saw all my Latino Expo pictures that I took, and they were so awesome. So, yes, Snapchat. And one thing that I forgot to mention, I think it could follow under Juntos y Fuertes as well, um, Nathaniel Oslo, who, or is that, I'm pronouncing it Osoyo? Osoyo, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say there's two L's, so Osoyo. <laughs> um, is uh, the creator of Shadow People, who, um, yeah, which is a, a book that we reviewed. Um, I believe it was episode 13, I think. I just shared it on our Facebook so that people would um, be able to go back and listen to it. But, um we reviewed it, and it was a super cool, cute book, and he is going to be at Heidi Hill Comics doing an in-store signing on Saturday, January 20th. He will be there from 1 to 3, and he will have both his books, Shadow People, and then the newest one, um, what was the newest one? It's a, uh, another uh, cool uh, yeah, like, I, I don't know if you guys remember when, if those of you who did uh, listen to the episode, but The Shadow People was an augmented reality book where you could download download this really cool um, app, and you pointed your phone at the, uh, at the book, and it, like, came to life. It was, like, so cool. So um, I think they're both like that. Um, I'm not for certain, but um, I'm my Instagram here is uh, taking a while to load. I'm having a hard time with my um, with my internet today. But the other one is um, point of view. Where do you want to be? So that's the second one. And actually, uh, Nathaniel gave us a copy of that to review, and it is in my stack of books that we are going to be looking at to do in the future here on Commodity Comics, so we should we do have, that soon. Yeah, we have quite a few books. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yes, local author signing at Heidi Hill Comics, Nathaniel Osoyo, Saturday, January 20th, um, 1 to 3. Um, and, you know, we love Shadow People are here, so um, point of view. I'm sure is amazing as well. So there's my, there my also my shout out slash juntos y fuertes because we want you to support Latinx creators. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. Thank you for the. We iTunes. came back and full force. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's gonna be like uh, you can actually drive to Las Vegas or San Diego and yeah. listen to the full episode of Comadres y Comics. <laughs> but thank you so much for your support. Uh, we have been your host. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen, and I'm Jen. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.